raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Kevin, you are deep in thought or reading or something there. It's like, are you awake? Yeah. I'm alive. I'm alive. I, I wanted to hear about the big TV news. What? <laughs> Boo's big appearance. Hey, I was me... looking for it last night. No, it airs sometime in May. Um, oh boy, that's quite the tease. With no surprise, I felt bad, but Boo immediately hit under the cat. I, I will say they were very nice. But this crew comes in. Crew? Wow. Oh, that you should. I'll, I'll show you guys photos. I mean, it was a very elaborate light set. The guy had a big cart. First off, the guy says to me. Uh, and it, again, I don't want to, but I, I go out and the guy, the photographer says to me, as I'm getting ready to take them inside, he says, is my car safe to park out here on the street? Hmm. Well, I mean, it's where I live. It's kind of a backhanded slight, is it not? Gee, I don't know that I trust your neighborhood where you live here. Oh, okay. But, and they were very nice, but, but, um, no, not really. Let's keep this to about 10 minutes. <laughs> right. They 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 came in and um, started setting up stuff all over the place and not really delicately and it kind of freaked the cat out. So he he eventually made an appearance after our interview and but he was a little camera shy. Hmm. Like me, a little camera shy. Oh yeah. So that's when you put your foot down and said, "Hey, can we, you know, realize the cat is a little bit timid right <laughs> I mean, now? Kinda, Let's I, try and I kind of was like, guys, like you're here to do a story on this cat and you're like like they were like it was like a herd of rhinoceroses came into my house. It was shoving like, the camera under yeah, the bed. Yeah. Come here, boo. Yeah. Are you saying maybe, maybe not a lot of cat experience for them? Well, they're a cat show. I'm like, you know, like my sister. I think I told you was like Jake. You, you probably ought to clean your place before they come. I'm like, they they, they do stories on people with cats. Gosh, like, it's a show on cats. Yeah, Pet Pals TV, Kevin. You can only imagine the demographic with a show on cats. Well, I'm, uh, good I'm luck huge. to you. might be a weekly guest if they're in the demographic. I'm huge with the murder she wrote crowd. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Very Jay fitting Quirin. for that. That cat are very nice. I'd like to see them more. Well, congrats yeah. to Boo. Yeah, Boo, Boo yesterday making his television appearance. I'll be sure to let you know when it airs. Yes. Uh, boy, nothing says the month of May like the Indy 500 and Boo on TV. Good Tuesday morning to you. Kevin Bowen, Jay Query, and Mark Dykton here. Um, last night in the NBA, it, it's one of those nights where I find myself just watching those games and thinking, man, there are people out there that really don't like watching sports. I mean, that was pretty vintage from LeBron James to close out the night and then Jimmy Butler with, I I think it's fair to say, one of the greatest playoff performances you'll see. Um, that was, it is round one, it is April Dudes just don't score 56 uh, as an eight seed against the one seed and put them on the brink of elimination like that. And uh, it was another reminder, Jake, and I had this last week of like, damn, it really blows the Pacers aren't in the playoffs. Yeah, you're right. But this, the East is so stacked and the West is so wide open, though. That's the thing that's interesting. Like the, if Milwaukee gets bounced, which, you know, they're a, a, a loss away from being bounced as the one seed. First off, and I'm 90% certain I'm correct on this, Scotty Johnston yesterday had an element of this on the pop quiz, so I think this is right. Miami would become the first franchise to win as an eight seed against a one, while also at some point in their history lose as a one seed against an eight. 
But my and Miami is good. I mean, Miami has been kind of hurt over the course of the year, and Eric Spolster can flat out coach. But let's not forget, I mean, Giannis not being there for a majority of those games certainly is a factor. But last night, Jimmy Butler is just, Kevin, we've said this about the Pacers, and I think there's hope that Benedict Matherin eventually becomes this kind of a guy because he kind of has that swagger about him. But Jimmy Butler is just a dude. Like, to use the term that you hear sometimes in basketball, he's just a dog. Like, he goes out there and he's like, I'm the alpha, and I'm taking this game over. And I'm going to score no matter what way you want me. And he's not like some explosive athlete or a guy that – he just – he's just tough, man. He is just a junkyard dog, and he is he is just a tough nails player. Yeah, he, he truly kind of flips a switch. I he mean, does. like if you watched him post game with Allie LaForce, he was so composed, so calm. Like you wouldn't have thought for one second that dude had just scored 56, 21 in the fourth quarter, set every single Heat playoff record you could imagine. Uh, I mean, hell, NBA playoff records as well. Um, and he just kind of defines competitor. He kind of defines intensity, all of those things. And boy, he's had his moments with how many players from the Pacers? Remember yeah. when him and TJ Warren got into it a couple yeah. years ago? When I say that he's trash. Like, I, I mean that. He's not even in my league. <laughs> you know, what I, what I laugh and I appreciate about Jimmy Butler is we've got a team in Memphis right now who is doing that talking and then not backing it up. And then when they lose two in a row Correct. in L.A., where was Dylan Brooks last night after the game talking? Yeah. Where was John Moran after the game talking? Whereas Jimmy Butler backs it up. You know, John Morant's an interesting one because ever since, and he's a an unbelievable player, and I know that his health, you know, he's been he's been hurt as well, but ever since the incident with the suspension, he has not been the same guy. Yeah, I mean, he had a great, what was it, game three or game two where he scored 22 straight in the fourth. And, and I mean, but, it, but I mean, Kevin, there was, now that's obviously, um, you know, 22 straight in a quarter is unreal. Right. But I'm not going to say that's the norm for him. But what I'm saying is like the, the nights of just being unstoppable, you know, it was kind of night in and night out. And like he's become, he feels more like a Trey Young now. Like he's very feast or famine. And he was all feast for a long time there. I just can't believe how stupid the Brooks comments were. It's the best. I mean, he's been awful since then. Desmond Bain was the guy last night. Um, LeBron off the glass to force the game into overtime. So you can add that to the LeBron clutch reel. And really balance for the Lakers. I mean, Anthony Davis was pretty quiet last night, and LeBron didn't go off for 35. Austin Reeves continued to be really important for them, and they got pretty good balance, and the Lakers now go up 3-1. But The yeah. thing about LeBron, though, Kevin, is you know that when a game is on the line, he's going to be there, right? Yeah, he delivered certainly to send that game at OT, and then the Lakers won. I think it was by 6 or 7 in overtime. I, I do think the Benedict Mather and Jimmy Butler thing is, is uh, just what you would hope for as a Pacer fan is kind of a dream sort of comparison for him because – you know, the rare thing about Butler, and I don't know how many guys would qualify as this, but he really takes his game to another level in the postseason. Yeah, for sure. And, and that I whole team does. You, you know? see, yeah. And, and I think there probably is a little bit of like, you've got to meet his standard around that time of the year. Obviously, he had a great bubble performance a few years ago when the Heat made their run there. Uh, but now they've got Milwaukee on the edge of it. 
and the Marquette kid and Jimmy Butler goes back to Milwaukee to try and win that series. It's a 3-1 lead for the Heat. Again, the Lakers go up 3-1 tonight. We've got three teams that can all clinch, all game fives at home. Boston can clinch the series over Atlanta. Denver can do the same with Minnesota and Phoenix over the Clippers. Like, we have three really good series right now, or at least like drama meeting intensity. I think Miami and Milwaukee qualifies as that from an 8-1 standpoint. Obviously, the Grizzlies and the Lakers would qualify. Kings and Warriors, I think, as well. The one bummer, Jake? God, can we turn off injuries? De'Aaron Fox? De'Aaron Fox with a, a fingertip? Oh. I mean... On a shooting hand. And, he, and he's a... Doubtful for um, for tomorrow night. This is a breakthrough series for him. You know what I mean? And now all of a sudden, it's like, oh my gosh. It's Reggie Isocket against the Hawks. You know what I mean? Like, worst timing ever. Uh, by the way, good morning to you. It's a Tuesday. My name is Jake Query. That's Kevin Bowen. Mark Dykton here as well. It is Kevin and Query here on 93.5, 107.5. The fan, little NBA talk today. And then, of course, we'll get back into the NFL draft and the Colts and Kevin... Um, I got to thinking about this. The New York Jets have managed in a couple of years to take every Colts approach at quarterback and bundle it into one. And I don't mean that as a knock on the New York Jets. I think it illuminates just how difficult the quarterback position is to nail down in the NFL. If you look at the Jets, you know, they had... They've always been looking for a quarterback. And if you go since the Favre experiment, you thought you had a franchise guy initially, like in Sam Darnold. Then that doesn't work out. You go back to the drawing board. You go with Zach Wilson. I'll give them credit, I guess, for immediately turning around and making the decision that Zach Wilson was not the guy. But you go from drafty, drafty, to now back to aging veteran, albeit still good, and knowing that that means that you are now going to be two years away from back to drafty again, right? But I mean, even then, and that's and we're we're not even considering or talking about. I mean, you had like Joe Flacco mixed in there, you know, other guys, but. But this just goes to show, Kevin, like it's not always a draft pick. Drafting a guy in the top five is not an automatic. You could be right back to square one quickly, right? Yeah, I mean, it, certainly. There's no guarantee by any means. Um, I do think it's the route that you need to go down. You know, we've talked about it endlessly over the last few months. All seven of the playoff teams last year in the AFC, all seven drafted by their respective teams, all under the age of 27. No, I mean, I get it. It's it's the preferred route for sure, but you could always find, you just never know, right? The Jets are, I think, looking at it a little bit like the Rams, maybe a little bit like the Bucks from a few years ago. There's so much drama affiliated with Aaron Rodgers, um, so much of it um, self-induced drama. No question. But at the same time, you you almost forget he was MVP of the NFL in 2020 and 2021. I mean, that was just two and three seasons ago. And it's not like last year he fell off a cliff. He certainly wasn't at that level. But it's not like he was just, he looked like Matt Ryan from last season. 
And I know we brought this up when the trade was first, what everyone called to agreed to terms, and then became official yesterday. I mean, Jake, the Jets were seven and four at the start of December last year. Seven and four in it. They do have decent pieces in right? the playoffs, yeah. and they just could not score the rest of the way. Uh, that AFC East, that, I mean, that division. It's probably not the AFC West, but. Miami made the playoffs last year. We know what Buffalo is. I, I don't think New England is like a four-win team or a five-win team. New England made the playoffs just two years ago with Mac Jones. We'll see if you know getting his college coordinator and Bill O'Brien back does anything for him. Um, you forget just how like awful the Jets' quarterback play has been. I mean, there are some wild. I thought thought I saw stat last or yesterday. We're like. It's been eight years since they've had a quarterback throw 20 touchdowns in a season. I mean, there's 17 games in a season. It's not that hard to throw 20 touchdowns. Right, right. So as long as Rodgers just kind of meets like some fringe Pro Bowl baseline, you would think they would be in the playoff competition, which is the bare minimum that they obviously need. If, to your point, Jake, they're going to make that move in just a couple years, they're going to be um, back in the we-need-a-quarterback um, through the draft. I am excited. I don't know about you guys. And Mark, um, I laughed very hard at the Bears tweet yesterday when this was announced. Did you see it? Uh, I don't know. A large bear behind what looked to be some sort of zoo-like fencing just waving goodbye. Oh, yes. Just a great, great mm-hmm. gif of, you know, obviously Aaron Rodgers out of the division yeah. uh, once and for all. Um, I am excited to see what Jordan Love looks like. Yeah. I think... People in Green Bay are excited to see what Jordan Love looks like, right? I mean, look at the draft of Jordan Love's. Three quarterbacks ahead of him. Burrow, Tua, and Herbert. And the one that went behind him in the second round was Jalen Hurts. It's a pretty good draft to be part of. Um, I was surprised. how he looks. Kevin, were you surprised? Because I was, to your point. And I know that Aaron Rodgers is an older player. But he is still within very clear grasp of an era of very fine play. It didn't seem like a lot. Like the NBA and NFL are just so different in terms of what's given up for stars. You know what I mean? The in the NFL wide receivers or running backs when they're traded. I mean, it's not big, big, big time players don't get traded very often, but when they do very seldomly does it come with like multiple number ones and all kind. You know, I mean, the, the mortgaging of futures like you see in the NBA. But what did the you know? They basically swapped picks. They lost two spots in the in the first round, right? And then they threw in two mid rounders and a second rounder that could be a first rounder, right? Isn't that basically what they gave up for him? So yeah, they they swapped fifteen and thirteen. So the Packers go up two spots in round one this year. Um, the Jets get a fifth, the Packers get a sixth, so let's just say those two cancel out. I would say where the separator is in the trade is the Packers get a second rounder this year, so they'll get a second rounder coming up uh, on Friday night, and then next year they'll get a second rounder that could become a first. It's just like the Wentz thing, right? Depending if Rodgers plays 65% of the snap. So assuming Rodgers does that, again... Say that the two spots moving up in round one cancel out, the fifth and the sixth cancel out. The Packers got a second rounder this year, a first rounder next year. Do we think that's like if Rodgers just retires after the season? Is that why the package wasn't maybe yeah. a little bit bigger? 
That's possible. I mean, because how much longer? The problem with Rodgers, aside from the age, you know, that's the kind of dude that may just like, hell, Aaron Rodgers could like in November decide that some herbal tea convinced him that there's a greener pasture elsewhere. And so he goes and becomes a, a monk in Argentina. You know what I mean? I mean who knows? Well, I wouldn't think there's a lot of places to hide in New York City. That's another thing, too. I mean, you know, he's a guy that's... It's interesting because he's a guy that's from the Bay Area, so it's like he's from big areas. I don't know where he grew up, but, I mean, he played at Cal. Where did he grow up? He's from California, right? Yeah, and then didn't he go to some junior college before Cal? Did he really? I thought he did. I've kind of, I've always kind of liked the Jets franchise. Am I alone in that? Like, just I kind of like the fact that it's I like, like the, the old school helmet. Yeah, and like it's the, you know, it's the Burroughs, right? Like in, in New York, typically in New York, there are separation of fan bases. There's two cliques. There's two groups. Typically, with exception, but typically, if you are a Yankees fan, you are a Giants and a Rangers fan. And if you are a, oh, and you're and a Knicks fan. And if you're a Jets fan, it's Jets, Nets, Mets, and Islanders. So, like, the more blue-collar are the Jets fans. Fireman Ed. Uh, he left for a while, right? Mm-hmm. Did he go on strike Something as a Jets like fan? They didn't, uh, they didn't respect him. Aaron Rodgers is going to say... Chico, California, by the way. I was going to say off-the-field issues, maybe out-of-the-stands issues for Fireman Ed. Is that what it was? On that front. It's kind of wild. I thought he me. got hosed. <laughs> come on come on <laughs> in my opinion that sucked no no that 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 was solid mark slightly delayed the on only, that here the early th- on this tuesday yeah, that, morning you had to, you had to long deliberate that one didn't you mark deep I down you deliberate was, i was just i was mentally exhausted from having to process it <laughs> i it's thought it was solid wild from todd mcshay uh, he goes, interesting note as we prepare for night one of the draft, there hasn't been a draft night trade in the top nine picks in the last four years. I think that's going to Would change. the last one have been the Colts? Draft night trade. So the Colts and the Jets did that. If I remember correctly, like I think it was week? St. Patrick's Day. Oh, was it that early? Yeah, it was kind of like Carolina and Chicago, how early they did it this year. I think, uh, there's gonna be, I think the Bears are trading down again. So I think, really? I think that could happen. Well, obviously, he references here Arizona at three. Um, you know, that would be that would be the big one. Uh, Ross Tucker, by the way, going to join us coming up 8 o'clock. Right, Mark? Yep, 8 o'clock. 8, 8 o'clock. Uh, always enjoy chatting with Ross Tucker, so we'll get a little bit of a national perspective on things. Charles, Charles Davis tomorrow. He's part of NFL Network's coverage um, for the draft, so we'll chat with him coming up. Um, tomorrow as we again get closer to Thursday night. Round one Thursday, round two and three on Friday, four, five, six, and seven coming up on Saturday. I like this text I just got. Hey, Jake, it's fun to watch all these teams make moves to get their fans excited only to then lose to the Chiefs. (laughs) Might be true in the AFC for a while. Yeah, you know, it's one of those things of like, what what are you going for in the AFC? Are you going to try and be patient? Because I don't think Joe Burrow... Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen are falling off a cliff anytime soon. I mean, it's pretty uh, pretty big log jam there. No question I about mean, that. I mean, just the AFC quarterbacks. I, I mean, if you look at the conference right right now and all these quarterbacks, just start in the East, okay? Allen, Tua, Rodgers, Mac Jones, go to the North, oh, I mean, Burrow, Sean Watson, 
Kenny Pickett, and I guess we'll say Lamar Jackson. Let's go to the AFC West. Mahomes, Herbert, Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo. And the AFC South, which in this case probably is the outlier, clearly. Um, Trevor Lawrence, Ryan Tannehill, and we'll see what Houston and Indy do coming up on Thursday night. Like I've never seen a top 9 or 10 in the AFC look like that. Is Kenny Pickett the guy? I thought he had a decent rookie season. If I were Pittsburgh, I would say, all right, here you Encouraged go in year two. Yeah. yeah, see what happens here. I mean, what's his ceiling? Give me the guy who's... Derek Carr. Chad Pennington. Yeah, maybe a little bit more dynamic than Pennington. Derek Carr is probably a pretty good call. I just... I, I know we can fall into the trap of recency bias, Jake, but I don't recall the AFC looking like this and this young. Totally agree. This young. It's why the Colts, it's like, oh boy. Right? Is that why you go Anthony Richardson Thursday night? Because if you go Will Levis, you're just swimming with the middle of the pack, potentially. Whereas Anthony Richardson could get you to the front. Could get you also to the back. I, I again think you go with the safest play. That's the corner they painted themselves into. You don't look at it as this is your chance to be in the top five. You take the biggest swing possible. You've got Shane Steichen, this strong quarterback resume. No. I, I, I Here's what I would say. You took a roll of the dice on Carson Wentz, you lost. You took a roll of the dice on Matt Ryan, you lost. You took a roll of the dice on Phillip Rivers, didn't do too bad, thought you were going to get a second roll, didn't get it. You've put yourself in position. You took a roll of the dice to that, to some extent, with Sam Ellinger. You lost. Oh, you, I don't know if you can compare Sam Ellinger as a six-round pick. I'm not, I'm not, Kevin, but what I'm saying is they believed and they hijacked their season because somebody within that building believed that he should be given a chance to be the starter. And it totally derailed. It was a boulder in their stream of the season. What I'm saying is they put themselves in position where they have to reduce the most margin for error. I don't disagree with you that others might have a higher ceiling, but I think you go with the one that you feel has the least whiff potential. As opposed to the most hit potential, the one that has the least whiff potential is the position they put themselves in. If you're going to whiff, don't you really want to whiff so you're back up there? Well, I mean, that you're going to be, if you whiff, you whiff. doesn't matter whether you look like Reggie Jackson and you're down on one knee or you're left standing there looking and arguing whether or not it was on the outside. Speaking of whiff potential, how big of a whiff are you taking with the mayo tomorrow morning? Excuse me? You heard me. Hear that plop? Yeah. That's... Maybe two plops. It's like a cannonball, you you know? You guys can say this all you want. It's like the Memorial Day cannonball to welcome in the pool for the year. Have you seen Stand By Me? Yeah. That's a great song. Mm -hmm. It is a good song. It's a good movie. Are we allowed to say the name of the kid? I it's been a while so go and ahead. the pie eating competition where the crowd starts chanting his name sure and he eats the pie mm-hmm and then what happens uh he he regurg he recycles as that he is correct yes uh-huh just prepare yourself it's all fun and games all fun and games a lot so, of whiffs last night for the Miami Marlins right did you guys see the hit that broke up the no-no I knew there was... Spencer Strider into the eighth. I mean, that ball was thrown literally in the dirt. Blooped out to left field. 
Nothing like a no-no when you're up 11-0. This leads to my age-old question. Kevin, you are a fan of the Cincinnati Reds, correct? Walk-off last night. We're back. Uh, the A's also won last night, by the way. We'll get to that before the morning checkdown. In Mark, extras. you are a fan of the Chicago Cubs, correct? Correct. Okay. Let's say, it, it, this is kind of a tough one to say because both those franchises right now are circling, but if they were legitimate players and, and a normal franchise and you went to a game in mid, Kevin, you got tickets, you got two tickets, three tickets, four, you're going to take the whole family. The Great American Ballpark, go see the Reds in early June. Mark, you're taking the whole family, Wrigley, go see the Cubs early June. Mm-hmm. They might be paying me to come. Midway through like the sixth inning, you realize that your team, the Reds in your case, Kevin, Cubs in your case, Mark, are being no hit. How far into it do you say, look, I know it's my team, but I really want to see a no hitter here? What's the score? Two nothing. I think perfect game. You start rooting for that. No hitter. Probably not. Yeah, I'm with Kevin. Because I mean, the Cubs had a perfect game going into the eighth last week, and it got broken up on just the guys ran into each other in this little bloop single, and that's what broke it up. I was like, oh. Because we're approaching, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're approaching a pretty long time since the last perfect game. I think it's one of the well, longer only been stretches. Like 29 perfect games in history. I think it's one of the longer stretches, if I'm not mistaken, in MLB history. But honestly, if it's midway through the eighth and it's a, and your team's getting no hit, aren't you like, it would be pretty cool to see a no hitter? Yeah, the Reds might be in the thick of it. I mean, I've been, to, I've been to probably, and I'm not kidding you when I tell you this, I'll bet I've been to 400 major league games in my career, in my life. Boy, that's a lot. Well, I covered them. I mean, I covered the Cardinals, right? Yeah. So I there's however many home games right there, and the roads, some of them. Last I've per- never seen a no-hitter. Last perfect game was August 15, 2012. Felix Hernandez beat the Tampa Bay Rays 1-0. There's only been, I mean, there have been fewer than 30, right? 11 yeah. years. That is a pretty darn big gap. Uh, you talk about MLB history. The Rays continue to... Um, 14 and set standards that we have not seen since the other century. Go back to the turn of the century from 1900. Uh, we'll chat about that today. Again, Ross Tucker, 8 o'clock. James Boyd from The Athletic at 8.30. 23 perfect games in MLB history. Yeah, I mean... 23. So you have Going to back root to 1880. for that, right? Yeah, I would go perfect. Probably not on the no-no, but... I don't know. I, I'm, maybe I'm acting like I'm a bigger fan than I really am. <laughs> uh, good Tuesday morning to you. Kevin Bowen, Jake Quarry, Mark Dykton right here. 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. Oh, Omaha, Omaha! On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. Quite the night for Jimmy Butler last night. 56 points, 21 in the fourth quarter. The Heat continue to be... Really, the story here of round one, which is saying something with how much drama there is and kind of some other series. Miami now up 3-1 over the Bucks. Giannis did play last night. He had 26-10-13, just your ho-hum triple-double for him. Uh, but Jimmy Butler made all the plays Miami needed down the stretch. Again, they go up 3-1. And the other game last night, out west. LeBron James uh, with a little kind of floater off the glass pretty much at the buzzer to end regulation, sent the game in overtime. The Lakers then won in OT over the Grizzlies, so they go up 3-1 with that series shifting back to LeBron, by the way, 22 points and 20 boards in that game. Tonight it's Atlanta and Boston, Minnesota and Denver, <clears throat> excuse me, and the Clippers in Phoenix. All of those, by the way, are 3-1 advantages for the Celtics, Nuggets, and Suns, respectively. 
Thank you. So all the home teams, right, going for the clinch there? That is correct, yes. Um, although, yes, that's correct. I had to look... Is Phoenix at home? Yes, they are. Phoenix yeah, 4-5 matchup. Uh, Major League Baseball yesterday. Giants over the Cardinals 4-0. It was the Braves over the Marlins 11-love. As Kevin had mentioned, Miami flirted with uh, being no hit. Ended up with two hits total in the game. Reds over the Rangers 7-6. Break up the Reds. Six-game losing Break streak up the A's. is over. If you want to lead off with the A's How next about time? the A's, man? 11-10 over the Angels, right? Went for two late. That game was in. Uh, they might be innings. buyers at the deadline. Kevin, now. you popped some champagne last night. You're ready. And the A's buyers. It's a rare night. At the deadline. Popped a little mayo. Popped a little champagne. No, 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 no mayo. Mm-hmm. No, it's enough to talk about. Save that about for that. tomorrow morning. Uh, Orioles. When did we decide this mayonnaise thing's happening tomorrow? I was not in on this meeting, number one. And number two, what is the significance of tomorrow? I, I think we discussed it. You're like, I, I have TV. No, I got to go. D- disgust, D-I-S-G-U-S-T, mm-hmm. is no. correct, yes. going to happen. We uh, banded together as a team. Banned also a, a proper term when talking about Mayo. Orioles over the Red Sox 5-4 yesterday. Cute fella continues to win, and the Diamondbacks 5-4 over the Royals in our battle for PBR. So does Scotty have it on the pop quiz already? The Rays are 14-0 and at home this season. It's the modern baseball record. Just your classic, and obviously the team name fits itself. The Detroit Wolverines in 1886 won 18 straight. They had cool helmets. For what that's worth. It's nice to see. You know, 150-some years, and we're still talking about the Wolverines in that (laughs) area of the the state. It is not on the pop quiz. I'm looking at the pop quiz at the moment. It's not there. Interesting. Scotty's slacking, I think. Uh, Indy Fuel tonight. They are home for Game 3 of their series. Down 2-0 to Toledo. They'll have Game 3 and Game 4 up at the Coliseum here this week. So if you're looking for something to do, you can check that out. And yesterday it became official, the Aaron Rodgers trade. Jake, you, you thought maybe one more pick thrown in there? I mean, I was surprised that of the overall haul, right? I mean, yes, they moved up two spots in this year's draft. They get a chance for... What is it, a second rounder and then an additional potential first rounder? Yeah, they get a second rounder this year. Next year, they have a second that could become a first. Yeah, I mean, that for a guy that was MVP two years ago? Yeah, but with how much money he's uh, he's owed. And well, and the, the his, drama, right? Yeah, the drama, not, oh, I might retire. Like I think it's just, I'm surprised they got what they got for him, to be quite honest. I thought they got a little more than I projected they would. Who, who was more, here's the thing, who do you think was more relieved to see Aaron Rodgers leaving Green Bay. The other three teams in the NFC North or the Green Bay Packers? Uh, I think the Packers. Like, Packer fans, I think, were like, get out. Yeah. Enough, right? Uh, Last night, by the way, in the NHL, it was the Devils over the Rangers 3-1. That is now a 2-2 series. Maple Leafs over the Lightning 5-4. You had the Lightning, right? I have them, yeah. They're not not doing so great. Oh, the the front runner. No, they're down 3-1. It's, Correct. It's fine. Toronto up 3-1. Uh, Vegas, 4-2 over Winnipeg last night. That puts the Golden Knights up 3-1. And then tying the series at two games apiece, Seattle over the Avalanche. Aaron Rodgers will be back in Kevin's the NFC Avalanche. North anyway because he's going to go play for the Vikings. he got to follow the Brett Favre. That's right. That I, Paul Allen can get up. Brett Favre doing here? I just wanted to play that sound bite. I know the Grizzlies are you know frustratingly pissing a lot of people off right now. Uh, Desmond Bain, though, last night had 36, the Indiana native with that one he was easily their leading scorer last night um for the grizzlies all right we come back we'll get more to the colts draft uh conversation uh, ross tucker going to join us at eight we'll have james boyd on at eight thirty. so national perspective coming up with ross tucker at eight o'clock good tuesday morning to you kevin Aquarius. 
raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Right here on 93.5107.5 The Fan. I guess you did mention Wednesday. I, you imagine that, the straight not, spoonful of it? Still not happening. <laughs> I might do that just to spite Jake. Right in front of him. Mark just right on his nose, just wearing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that'll be tomorrow. In honor of Will Levis. Is that... Is he still the odds-on favor to go to? Does Vegas still have him the, the overwhelming? I can, I can look, though. Gosh, is that Houston? Is that a trade-up? Almost has to be a trade-up, right? What do you think? Um, we'll have John McClain on, longtime Texans reporter on Wednesday. We can ask him. Uh, so it's changed a little. Yeah, it's definitely changed. Now, now I'm looking at it. Plus 160, Levis, to, um, to go number two overall. This is inter- Jake, you, your thoughts on this from Bill. Let's get into Anthony Richardson this AM. Best athlete coming out of the position. Faster than Michael Vick. Massive arm. Just needs two to three years to develop. Can't pass on this scary of an athlete. Will Levis is bust. Jeff George 2.0. Um, first off, I, I, this, this is not the topic I realize. I, I don't think Jeff George was a bust. I, he might have been for the Colts because they they were a total disaster around him. But a guy that played a dozen years in the league and led the league in passing yardage and went to the playoffs in his career for multiple franchises, I don't think you could list as a bust totally. Uh, I get it. He wasn't the franchise guy at number one that people expected. Um Listen, I totally understand with Richardson. I understand the intrigue, the upside. I, I think it's interesting that this is not a guy that anybody talked about as an elite-level college quarterback a month and a half ago. That, to me, that says something, right? I mean, Kevin, in when Clemson and Notre Dame were getting ready to play each other, and you and I were sitting here talking about that, and we're, we were talking college football, how often were you thinking to yourself, like, man, that quarterback at Florida is legit. I, I hope the Colts can get him. Yeah, honestly, the intrigue on Richardson was probably more like September. I feel like it was like, oh, did you see what he did against Utah? Like, 
this is Cam Newton, you know, Heisman Trophy, blah, 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 and then it just... Right. But, I mean, physically speaking, I get the fact he's incredibly intriguing. But again, two to three year away, are people going to be willing to wait for that? I'm not saying Levis isn't two two to three years away. I don't think there's any quarterback in this draft that's immediate plug and play. And I'm not saying the Colts even have the roster around that they're a quarterback away. But does Chris Ballard want to wait two to three years? Maybe he does because maybe that gives him another two to three years. Maybe maybe that's part of the smart play. I mean, Chris Ballard has been a master. The one thing that Chris Ballard's been the best at as a general manager in the NFL is kicking things down the, the, the can down the street and buying himself more time. Yeah, the one thing with Richardson that I've kind of forgotten about is, you know, the, there's a Ballard comment that he makes quite often, and honestly, I think I've seen it, or we've seen it with that with the next pick series. He tells the scouts a lot, you know, show me what this guy does well. Like, let's not necessarily pick all the holes in his game. Show me what he does well. And then to use a Ballard quote from Friday, he said on Friday how Shane Steichen's kind of broadened the field to these quarterbacks. So will he get a little bit enamored by what Richardson does really well and really uniquely and say, Shane can tap into that? But doesn't he also say, I want to see the game film? I don't necessarily want to see the practice workouts. I want to see the game film. We've gotten to the point, and again, the guy's been at the helm for seven years. You can probably find comments that talk yourself into either. That's fair. Um, Which is probably (laughs) what makes this equally as maddening and difficult to try and project. I just think, Kevin, I'm going to be over-analytical here. I know that's stunning. Okay? But... I think that dynamics change in a workplace no matter what you do for a living when you start to see different tea leaves from your boss. And I think that Chris Ballard, from the time that he arrived on West 56th Street, was praised and promoted and preached by his owner, which is his boss, about the promise he had and the acumen he had and the the rarity that he had as a general manager and as a football executive. And I'm not saying that Chris Ballard like became overly arrogant of that. I, I don't think that he mishandled that praise at all. But I think that it offered a security blanket for him that gave him time and bought him time and allowed him to be patient and methodical in the way that he built his franchise because he felt like, listen, I've got another year to work on this and I don't need to push in urgency because my boss has granted me a lot of patience and a lot of latitude and he continues to talk about what a great job I'm doing. So I'm just going to keep doing what I do. And then he... Basically, not once, not twice, but three times went out and got veteran quarterbacks that were going to be the final piece to push his team into playoff contention and into the postseason and strike one, strike two, strike three. Now, all of a sudden, he starts hearing different chatter and whisper from his owner, not necessarily completely indicting him, but for the first time, Chris Ballard has started to hear, you know, I want to see some results now instead of I trust the plan. I trust Chris's vision. Now it's, well, I'd like to start seeing some change. So Ballard knows, okay, 
the 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 time is up the governor's off the time is up and the pressure's on now and i gotta go for it and i've got to make sure that all of that that a year from now in our annual report i can turn into the owner here's the progress we made and by that i cannot afford to chris ballard cannot afford a year from now to go to the owner and say but our quarterback is still two years away from being really good. Just trust me. This is well. No, 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 no. You heard me a year ago, Chris. I said I needed to start seeing results, and I didn't mean the seed of results. I meant the blossom of them. And so I just believe that for that reason, Chris Ballard, as intrigued as he may be by some prospects, in his mind subliminally and subconsciously the little he's got the two little voices on two different shoulders and the one that tells him to play it conservative and go with the safest pick to me is the one that's going to win out yeah i I don't i don't know how jim mercy like will properly evaluate this coming season you know when you think about when the colts have started rookie quarterbacks obviously andrew luck 11 wins speaks for itself tremendous rookie year i mean can you imagine if peyton manning would have had that rookie year in 2013 or 2022, when social media was prevalent, a three and thirteen right, year, right. throwing the most interceptions in you know NFL history for for a rookie QB. You know how do you react to that? How do you evaluate that? I mean, that's probably a bigger storyline to get into in the coming months, but that'll be one. Particularly if they take one of these whatever longer term guys, um, that'll be heavily heavily debated. Uh, Mark, you said Jonathan on the line. Jonathan, yep. Jonathan, what's up, man? Hey, good morning. What's up? Um, why did I get married on April 27th, 2013? <laughs> uh, be, is this a Bjorn Werner joke? Did he get drafted on April 27th, 2013? No, I was watching some of the draft that day. I don't think it was him because uh, it wasn't the first round day. But um, I don't know uh, what I was thinking in terms of being a guy who loves football. I'm happy to celebrate my 10th anniversary with my wife. Don't get me wrong, but... Um, the reason I called is in the scenario that quarterbacks go one, two, three, and then Richardson's the only one left. Does Ballard just take him? Do you think, or trade back? Because I don't see him moving up, and I don't see him as a a Richardson guy who has patience with a gamble like a fifty-fifty. Jonathan, that here's what I'd be great. First off, happy anniversary. Yeah, are you going anywhere for your tenth? Uh, yeah, nineteen thirty-three lounge. Oh, it's a good nice. place. It's a good, good place. Good place, yeah. Okay, so give this scenario to us again. Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, and you said Will Levis are all off the board? One, two, three? Yeah, I, I would think that Arizona trades back with somebody oh. like Detroit. Maybe, then Richardson's and, uh, your guy at four. You, you still think? Yeah, yes. Well, that, that's what I would hope. Too, I think Ballard I think looks at these four quarterbacks, Jonathan. I am, uh, and you can put this on my tombstone because I'm so sure about it. it. You can put on my tombstone and, you know, Hopefully it'll be years from now, but you can put uh, was dead set on the fact that in 2023, the Colts stayed at four because Chris Ballard felt the difference one through four in the quarterback evaluation was negligible enough that he would be happy with whichever one he got at number four, as opposed to having to be aggressive to take one out of the litter. Boy, that's an expensive tombstone. That's a lot of letters. That's a lot lot of words. letters. Letters are expensive too. And then like in eight point final, it's like Jay Query lies here. That's... That's what you left there. No, 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 not lies. I'm being truthful. Eight point font. 
Well, because of all the words he just put on his tombstone. <laughs> Where you fitting be, everything else? There's no good. It's going to yeah. be difficult. Uh, to, to, monument. It's a monument. It's not a tombstone, oh, Mark. I don't know okay. if you've you not seen uh, what I've already. It should be a shrine. Do, have I ever told you, by the way, and I find this brilliant. Now, now I'm a thoughtful guy. I think ahead, right? It wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. I was just having this conversation with somebody yesterday. I've mentioned this before. People think it's weird. I think it's brilliant. I think it's smart. It's not uncommon for people to buy a plot ahead of time, correct? Mm-hmm. So why not buy your own casket? I've said this before. You're going to spend eternity in it. Why not get one that you're comfortable with? You get to pick it out. You break it in a little bit, have it in the house, maybe put it in the basement, watch movies occasionally on Sundays, sitting in your casket. Then when your time comes in the family, you're grieving, everybody's worried about you, and and, and then they don't have to go through any process because they're like, you know what? Jake thought ahead. He's got that casket in the basement, and whoop, the casket stores frown upon, like, if you try to climb in and, like, I'm just testing. I'm going to be in here. Can right. I test it out? Don't think it's like Brookstone and you're sitting on the furniture in there, you know. <laughs> the massage chair. Doing the reclining <laughs> chair. I'm telling you, I think it's brilliant. I, I, anyway, I, as you were. I think to Jonathan's point, what would be interesting under that scenario, and again, he's got Young, he's got Stroud, he's got Levis all off the board. This is probably a little bit too wishful thinking on the Colts' part, but would you get a team like Seattle sitting there at five that might be worried about, a team that is looking for Will Anderson or whoever is a top defensive player in the draft that might want to get the opportunity to draft that first defensive player if the Colts only have to trade back one spot. Theoretically, Seattle comes up from five to four. They get that top defensive player. The Colts then slide one spot back, still get Richardson. Again, Seattle could look at it and just say, no, the Colts have got to draft a quarterback. They're not going to move back at all. Uh, That would be something to look into i i will continue to reiterate kind of what i was saying yesterday and i know this has nothing to do with the colts at four but i think when you get late into round one i think it is really really important to keep an eye on that draft board in the mid to late 20s and if there is a prospect at a premium position that you trade back into round one and get that guy uh particularly at wideout because I think we saw it last year with how much money A.J. Brown in that trade, the money for Debo Samuel, D.K. Metcalf, Terry McLaurin, all those guys. You know, this is a little bit into like the NFL rules, but basically how it works is a first-round pick gets a four-year rookie deal, and then you have a fifth-year team option. Second-round picks and beyond, it's just a four-year contract. So when your second-rounders hit, it's great, but you got to pay them earlier. And so that's why I would look at it and say, hey, if I can get, particularly a wideout, when we're seeing how much money they're making and how early they're kind of tapping into that from a contractual standpoint, if I can get that on a you know relatively affordable five-year deal instead of a four-year deal, I do think that is something to try and explore because enough about the roster depth. To me, you need to have more top-end guys, and the Colts just don't have that, particularly at the positions that matter the most. So I know we're getting away a little bit with this topic about, you know, what do they do it for? What do they do it for? Yes, that obviously matters, but look at the Peyton Manning era, Jake. When you drafted Peyton Manning, there was no Reggie Wayne, there was no Dwight Freeney, there was no Edron James or Dallas Clark or Bob Sanders or Robert Mathis. You want to talk about the virtually the entire core you then built with none of them were here. It was Marvin Harrison and Marshall Falk, though. So Marvin and Tarek Glenn, I, I would say, would classify as probably the two guys that 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 stayed a part of your core. Right. Seven or eight of them were obviously not here. So you need to keep in mind the supporting of the quarterback as you move forward, not only okay. in this draft but certainly future. Here's drafts. another thought, Kevin. This year, 
if you if you have one if you have a rookie quarterback that has a nice rookie quarterback year, a nice first three years as a rookie quarterback, with the supporting cast they have, the Colts' ability to be competitive is a what score? And is that a greater or less score than if you cement pieces around the quarterback position and go for another year or two with the veteran leadership of Gardner Minshew? Which gives you a better opportunity to win spending your assets on getting your top asset on getting a rookie quarterback and then slowly building around them or going ahead and using your assets to build core and plugging in Gardner Minshew? Uh, I don't know if I'm totally following. I I would say Gardner Minshew, in other, in other words, seven wins, a rookie quarterback, four or five wins. Right. So what I'm saying is, though, is there any chance that the Colts look at it and go, look, we've got a, the number four overall pick, and then we've got a second round, whatever. It, if we go defense at four, and then we go or, or we go playmaker or whatever else, and we go ahead and run it with Gardner Minshew and try to build around him, do they think he is a guy that can keep them – in the mix or in a playoff chase because it's a weak division than going and putting in a Will Levis or an Anthony Richardson and having those guys try to run with the predominant core of what you have right now. No, because I think if you start winning like seven games, now you're drafting 11 or 12 when it's time to take that quarterback. And you're too much into the middle of round one, too much into the purgatory stage. You had a horrific disappointing embarrassing season like no other i think you got to capitalize on that ross tucker joins us next raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today and participating mcdonald's for a limited time life is so much more than a diagnosis it's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. In season, a little bit of out of season, first time really getting deep into this 2023 draft with them, uh, former NFL offensive lineman. You hear him, color analyst Westwood One, CBS, little Philadelphia Eagles action as well. He is Ross Tucker. Ross, I don't know actually if we've talked since the hire of of Shane Steichen. I, I I've said this before. Um, Richardson, Levis, Stroud, we can debate them to the nth degree. What I'm most bullish on for the Colts is Shane Steichen and his quarterback history. Uh, what were your interactions like with Shane, and how should Colts fans feel about that hire? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a home run. Um, I got to know Shane pretty well the last couple of years in Philadelphia and uh, extremely impressive, both in the production meetings for the preseason games, in my one-on-one interactions with him. I mean, they did things that I'd never heard of before. You know, I would see him, and he would mention to me things I said on the preseason broadcast. And I was like, you watch the TV copy? <laughs> like, you know, usually the coaches don't watch. And he said, yeah, it was actually part of their intercut because there's certain things 
you can get from the broadcast that you can't get from the coaches' tape. So I thought that was pretty cool because I was wondering why he and some of the other coaches were laughing and joking with me about some of the things I said. You know, late in preseason games, I can try to be entertaining because it's late in the preseason game, but um, he's impressive. I mean, 2021, midway through the year, Sirianni gives him the play-calling duties. They go run heavy and make the playoffs as a result with, you know, a banged-up team and, and Hurts really his first full year as a starter. And then I've never seen a quarterback make a bigger improvement than Hurts 2021 to Hurts 2022. Now, part of that was best O-line in the league. Part of that's they bring in A.J. Brown. You know, part of that was just Hurts being in the same offensive system for a second consecutive year. But you still got to give a lot of that credit to Steichen for Hurts' performance a year ago, which is why I think the Colts are in a really good spot to draft the quarterback at four because I feel like Steichen on some level just kind of went through this and has like a template, especially if he drafts, you know, Levis or Anthony Richardson. I think he has a template for how to try to maximize that guy's potential. You know, Ross, coaching brilliance can come really in a number of ways, but but let's talk about, in Shane Steichen's case, in your observation, is he a coach, and I'm going to give you two scenarios, when they're looking at a quarterback, are the Colts going to be better off to pair with Shane Steichen? Is his strength going to be he works with a quarterback that has to intellectually be able to grasp everything that Shane Steichen is giving him? Or is Shane Steichen the type that himself intellectually adjusts to coming up with scenarios that are best for the quarterback's needs as opposed to the quarterback having to do what's best for Shane Steichen's requests? Um, yeah, I understand the question and where you're coming from. I, I guess I would say I always feel like that has to be a symbiotic relationship. Right. Um, but where it kind of goes both ways. I will say it feels like Steichen in back-to-back years did a fantastic job of maximizing the skill set of the quarterback and the talent of the people around him. Yeah, so he kind of adjusted game plan to quarterback as opposed to asking quarterback to adjust approach to what he wanted. Oh, there's no question. Yeah, I mean... Especially if you look at his history with Rivers and other guys, like he ha- he designed it for the quarterback. And I'll say this: the Eagles had one of the most talented teams I've ever seen last year. Certainly, the best Eagle team I've ever seen. Uh, they just didn't get done in the Super Bowl. But I would say almost every week, it really felt like he was ahead of the defensive coordinator. You know, I mean, he was just ahead of them. I mean, it, it just, I loved his mix and matching of play calling. I mean, you guys can look it up. The amount of first touchdowns they scored on first drives was crazy. It felt like they had a lead in every game. Just really, really impressive. I, I, I'm not surprised he got a head coaching job. I think that the Colts, who, as you guys know, were ridiculously thorough I think they made the right hire in general, but in particular, 
because they're going to take a quarterback at four. And they want to get the most out of that young man as soon as possible. And I don't know who has a better track record that was available right now than Steichen based on what he did with Hurts, which is why I've kind of think thought all along, and maybe I'm wrong, and you guys probably know more than I do. I'm not there. But I've kind of felt all along that they were going to draft Anthony Richardson because I feel like, you know, a lot of the same things Steichen did with Hurts, he can do with Richardson in terms of, you know, having an emphasis on the run early so that the offense can be productive while his passing, you know, gets up to speed. And then you combine both of those, and it's almost impossible to defend. It, it really is. I mean, it's almost impossible to stop. If, you, if the quarterback knows what he's doing, they've got good weapons, and he can run the way Steichen did it last year, it's, I mean, it's a beautiful thing to watch. At Ross Tucker NFL on Twitter, host of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. He's with us right now here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Kind of expanding on that point, Ross, and, and certainly I've probably gone back and forth, and at this point I'm just like flip a coin. I, I don't. The Colts are extremely tight-lipped on whether it'll be Levis, whether it be Richardson, who knows about the C.J. Stroud fall, et cetera, et cetera. Let's play out the scenario that Levis and Richardson are both on the board at four. Stroud's gone, Will Anderson's gone, Bryce Young's gone. Given Steichen's background, which is another question how much say will Steichen have to me he should have a lot of say you would go Richardson over Levis under that scenario absolutely yeah I don't really I mean the Levis thing is kind of weird to me because it's like if you want a quarterback who's ready to go and a polished pocket passer passer I feel like you would take Stroud if you want a guy with high upside and ability, I mean, Richardson has a stronger arm, he's a bigger body, and he's faster than Levis. So, like, why why, why are you taking Levis over Richardson? Because he's got a little more experience? I don't know. I mean, is that, is that even a positive? Honestly, I, Ross, you, know? you want to know what I think is part of that answer? I know you're asking rhetorically, but – and I know this sounds crazy. Will Levis got rave reviews from the Manning family at the Manning Academy. I really think that carries weight with the upper brass of the Colts, the top level. Yeah, I mean, that I've heard that. That wouldn't surprise me. Um, I guess the one thing I do like about Levis is that he had to go through a lot of adversity last year because Kentucky's offensive line was not good. And his weapons weren't as good. You know, they lost those O-linemen. They lost Wondell Robinson. But I struggle with some of the sacks he took. I struggle with some of the decisions he made. You know, I don't care how bad the rest of the team is around you. You still don't have to take those sacks. You still don't have to throw those balls. And I don't know. Um, I've heard the same thing about the Manning Passing Academy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, 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 and I might be wrong. I think Levis drops. I, I think I've done a bunch of mock drafts with people, and Levis never goes in the top ten. Nobody ever pulls the trigger on him, which I think is telling. 
Seven-year NFL veteran Ross Tucker. You hear him on Westwood One, CBS, Philadelphia Eagles. He's with us right here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Ross, if you were wearing the Nick Casario GM hat at number two, obviously implications kind of goes without saying here in Indianapolis with a team in your own division, seemingly a quarterback-needy team. Uh, What are you doing at two, assuming Bryce Young goes one? Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, first of all, what I'm doing is telling Lovey Smith that if he loses that last game, <laughs> that he uh, he gets to keep his job, and then probably firing him anyway. But I'm not winning that last game. Yeah, was that against you guys? I think it's a oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they were going to build a statue if Lovey would have lost that last game outside of NRG Stadium. Unbelievable that that happened, and and the and the ripple effects of that. I still say I'll believe that the Texans don't take a quarterback at two when I see it. Um, you know these reports that they could take Levis. That makes me think that they really like that that they know that the Colts like Levis and they want him to trade up. I mean, if the Texans don't take Levis, I mean, don't take a quarterback at two. There's no chance, guys. They're going into next season with their current quarterbacks. So then, are they are they forced then to trade from twelve up to like three with Arizona to get a quarterback, or do they sit there at twelve and take the third or fourth guy, um, or do they trade for Trey Lance from the Niners because D'Amico Ryan's was there the last couple of years? I don't know, but um, I'd probably take Stroud, but I'm skeptical of Stroud. I, I really am because you of know, the S two or because of other stuff. What? No, 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 not the S two. Okay. Because when I've watched him, he knows what he's doing. He gets rid of the ball. He processes well. It's more the people around him. I mean, you watch Stroud and Ohio State play the last two years. First of all, two years ago, nobody had ever covered Chris Olave or Garrett Wilson once the whole season. I mean, he's throwing touchdown passes to guys that are open by ten yards in the end zone. Now, can you say the same about Young? No. No, I don't think you can. Alabama did not have a dominant offensive line this year, and Alabama didn't even have good receivers this year. And even the games that Alabama lost, Bryce Young still produced. No, I think it's different. I mean, Bryce Young had to show a lot of pocket mobility, had to make a lot of plays on his own. He did not have a supercharged roster around him this year, whereas Ohio State, both their tackles might go in the first round. It seemed like CJ had a clean pocket every play, and he would just throw the ball to Marvin Harrison Jr., who's unbelievable. Right. Just, yeah. You know, the NFL is not like that. The NFL is not you have much better players than anybody else you play. You never have a muddy pocket. Your receivers are wide open. I just think it's been a major adjustment for these Ohio State guys, Haskins and Fields, and it just – way, way harder than it is for them at Ohio State. You know, is there a player, Ross Tucker's our guest, by the way, you can see him on Twitter, at Ross Tucker NFL. He's on the Payless Ziggers hotline. Ross, is there a player, in? because one of the things we don't talk about, and it's not applicable in Indianapolis per se, but this whole conversation about the four quarterbacks and the spots and everything else would probably be drastically different if there were non-quarterback players at the top of this draft that were franchise pillar players that were can't miss. Are there guys like that that we're overlooking that can be taken up top? 
Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a huge Will Anderson guy. He would have been the number one pick in last year's draft. Now I've seen Peter King had him in his mock going number six. That's unbelievable. That's unbelievable to me that a kid might lose over $10 million because he had to go back to school. Didn't get hurt. Didn't do anything dumb off the field. Didn't play bad, but might lose $10 million. I mean, I, I would sue. I would sue somebody. I mean, that's unbelievable. Um, Jalen Carter was the best defensive player for Georgia the last couple of years. I don't know about the off-the-field issues. There's some concern there, but there was concerns about Warren Sapp and Randy Moss and a lot of really good football players that when, when they had to show up, Lawrence Taylor, when they had to show up on Sunday and played, they, they showed up on Sunday and they played. Again, Ross Tucker is with us. You hear him all over Westwood One, CBS, Philadelphia Eagles, seven-year NFL vet in the Ross Tucker Football Podcast. Um, Ross, there I don't think it's a large section of Colts fans, but there are some that have mentioned, hey, if you got QB going one, two, three, you take that top defensive player at four, and then you gauge, okay, where is Hendon Hooker going to fall the rest of round one, potentially trade up from 35 in round two. Uh, your thoughts on that suggestion and or Hendon Hooker? Um, two things. One would be it really depends on how they feel about Hendon Hooker, and it really depends upon how they feel about whoever the fourth quarterback would be that would be available in that scenario. Um, man, I think it's probably going to be hard for Steichen to not get a quarterback that can run. And Hendon Hooker can't run. Stroud doesn't really run either. I think Steichen just realizes now, after the Hurts experiment, just how valuable it is to have a quarterback that that's part of them, which is why I believe the Indianapolis Colts will take either Will Levis or Anthony Richardson at number four on Thursday night. Yeah, because Levis, Ross, am I correct in saying this – Levis can run a little bit as well. I mean, I don't know how much he they designed oh, yeah. that for oh, him yeah, in Kentucky, sure. but he can, right? Oh, no, for sure. I mean, I look, I'm a Penn State guy. I live in central PA, and uh, I remember McStorley got hurt, or Clifford, one of them, and Levis came in, and they just ran the ball all over Ohio State with Levis. Now, he's not like, you know, Lamar Jackson, but he runs pretty well, and he's a moose. He's kind of more like um, – you know, like a Hertz or a Cam Newton, more of like a power runner, but he runs pretty well. Let's put it this way. He runs well enough that Steichen could incorporate all that stuff in the offense and really put the coordinators in a bind. Ross, before we let you go, um, we are just a couple of weeks away from Mother's Day, and I don't want to speak for our entire audience, but that can tend to sneak up on some of the mail section here. Uh, And I believe you've got a suggestion for us on that end? Absolutely. buddy of mine started the company. By far the best Mother's Day gift I've ever heard of. It's called MyFrontPageStory.com. Nobody knows what to get their mom, and nobody, nobody really knows what to get their wife, the mother of their kids a lot of times. Go to MyFrontPageStory.com. You talk to one of their writers for 10 minutes while you're driving home from work or whatever. They write the most unbelievable story about your mom, your wife, or whatever. Guys, it looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. It looks like it's on the cover of the Indy Star. Your wife, pictures of her, your mom, pictures of her, and the kids. And I've just seen it so many times on videos now. 
when they're opening it up and they're like, what is this? And, and you say, mom, I want you something special. So I had a story written about you. Like that just sounds, uh, it sounds like the coolest, most sentimental gift ever. My, my sister and I got one from my mom. And she read the quote out loud for my sister, like, I wouldn't be the woman I am today without my mom. My mom just started bawling. She started crying uh, in good tears, which is what you want. And then <laughs> right. my, my mom had to hang it in her house. Like, you give your mom this, it's a framed thing, cover of the newspaper. They're going to hang it up in their house. So it's like the gift that keeps on giving. It will be a reminder to your mom or your wife every day how much you love them. The gift that keeps on giving. Just trust me. Myfrontpagestory.com myfrontpagestory.com best gift ever period but definitely for mother's day look at this the more you can do right here ross tucker with us on the payless liquors hotline ross always enjoy the conversations man enjoy thursday night and uh hopefully we catch up to you before the season starts absolutely should be fun for you guys take care that's ross tucker right there again payless liquors hotline the cj stroud take jake i think is an interesting one at at times when i've brought that up over the last few months i thought i was nitpicking a hair with with stroud but i do think it's a debate of just like for 11 of their 13 games they were a three touchdown favorite Uh, bryce young didn't face that in the in the sec given it wasn't normal alabama and it's the sec you know obviously will levis didn't face that obviously anthony richardson didn't face that and then devil's advocate would say okay that's fair. Yes, Ohio State had superior talent week in and week out. But in the biggest game of the season, they scored 41 points against the best defense in college football in the, Georgia. The reality is, Kevin, I mentioned this one time. I remember we were talking about quarterbacks. When when Peyton Manning was coming out, when Tom Brady was coming out, when, for that matter, when Drew Brees was coming out, it was kind of easier to determine – there was there was the learning curve was still there don't get me wrong but the style of play from the college rank to the nfl because of the rules and and everything else at the time before the rules changes was similar enough that you had a great you had a better chance of being able to predict based off the college game even with disparity of talent for the receiver position who was going to translate from college to pro at the quarterback position it is much harder to do now because of the way the game is officiated at the receiver position and the advantage that guys have at the collegiate level at and and like for Tua you know at Alabama when he was throwing to receivers that were two steps ahead of everybody else and Ohio State and I think that was a big question mark about Trevor Lawrence as well at Clemson he was throwing to guys that had that had gaps and windows that don't exist in the NFL. And that is a huge learning curve. And that is something absolutely that should be explored. And with Stroud, it's a very fair point. It's a very accurate point of concern. You th- I think he's good, though, Stroud. You think the Colts should be listening to Peyton Manning's Will Levis affinity that much? Yes. Not because of Will Levis, but I think they should listen to Peyton Manning. I think it was more Archie Manning than Peyton, though, right? Thought, a little of both. I thought Peyton had like the genetic comment. He genetically has everything you want for in a quarterback. I know Peyton's track record with coaches has not been the greatest. Adam Gase probably being the pillar of that right. endorsement. Um, it's curious, interesting how Chris Ballard or Shane Steichen would view uh, that thought process. Uh, James Boyd from The Athletic will get a little bit of more of a local angle joining us here in a few. For now, let's begin that morning checkdown with the star of last night of the NBA. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 
on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. What sport would we like? Sorry. One shot! I was going to ask what sport you wanted to start with, but I guess that answers it, right? I think he was the star of the night. He deserved, not Kevin Harlan, Jimmy Butler that was. He deserved to be the leadoff there. 56 points last night for Butler. That is a career high. It's a heat playoff high. 21 in the fourth. Jake, we talked about it to lead off the show. You get into these cliche words at times. To me, Jimmy Butler just defines, like, competitor, intensity. Remember the story of him at T-Wolves practice that one time? Just yelling at everybody how dominant he was Correct. and just taking a bunch of random well, dudes. Didn't, and didn't he take all the second stringers or something? And yeah. Yeah, just absolutely dominant out there. He did that last night and then was super composed post game with Allie LaForce. The Heater up three one. Uh correct if I'm wrong, have we ever had a one seed lose like this? If it's four one? Boy. That big of a margin? That's that's a good question. I'm trying to think. Well, you know, to be honest, Kevin, like when the Heat were the one and New York was the eight, I think it was only a five-game series back then, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, that is a good point. Yeah, we extended And that's the, the same as the Denver, ago. you know, the Dikembe Mutombo Sonics Nuggets series. So, yeah, I mean, yes, dominating. Again, with Milwaukee, you got to take with a grain of salt also the fact that Giannis is clearly the straw mixing their drink, and he wasn't there for a couple of those games. And la- but last night he had a triple double, and it right. still wasn't enough, right? Historic night for Jimmy Butler. LeBron James continues to do pretty historic stuff himself. Twenty points, twenty rebounds. First person to do that in a playoff game since two thousand four. LeBron with a shot off the glass to send the game into overtime. And then 117-111, the Lakers pull away to beat the Grizzlies. They go up 3-1. Uh, the Grizzlies, uh, what, a lot of bark and a little bite? <laughs> That's a real fair way of saying it. Dylan Brooks not it, not doing any post-game comments again? No post-game comments for Dylan Brooks. No post-game comments from John ja Morant mm-hmm. either. Dylan Brooks since chirping, 7 of 23 from the field and 2 of 13 from Grizzlies have been a fraud all year, haven't they? It's it's a little disappointing because I want to like them. Yeah, they have the indie connections. They all they You're are right. the smaller market team. I don't want to root. I mean, I probably like LeBron more than most. I don't necessarily want to root for the Lakers, but here I am. I feel like the Grizzlies are one of the fastest one eighties. A lot of people have done. It's a great point, Mark. In one season, We're like great this point. team's yes. awesome. Well, like I told you, I, everything. John Morant is an unbelievable talent and super fun to watch. But when when all of the stuff started taking place with John Morant off the court and all of the drama around that, it, their season has absolutely circled since then. It, it That was the boulder in the stream of their year. Like By all accounts, Desmond Bain, Indiana guy's a great kid. I'm 30, what do you have, 36 last night? Like you like to root for that, but um, yeah, no can do on that front tonight. You got three home teams all trying to clinch game five. It'll be Boston against Atlanta, Denver and Minnesota, and Phoenix and the Clippers. Major League Baseball yesterday: Giants over the Cardinals four nothing. It was the Atlanta Braves over Miami eleven nothing. Only reason I mentioned that is because there was a no no going for quite some time for Atlanta. As a matter of fact, Spencer Strider went eight innings with no runs. Two hits given up in the ninth, and Atlanta gets the win nonetheless. Reds over the Rangers 7-6. They are starting a parade, actually, in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's supposed to be tomorrow uh, because they snapped a six-game skid. And the A's are going to do a parade as well. Uh, A's 11-10 winners over the Angels in 10 innings. Cute fella 5-4 over the Red Sox. The Diamondbacks 5-4 over the Kansas City Royals. JMV's got the Royals in our PBR. Mm-hmm. 
uh, race, but he's they're already out of it, right? I mean, he and Kevin are vying for <laughs> yeah. the bottom yeah. tier. Two-horse race, right? Yeah, by 420. Uh, speaking of PBR, it. okay, that's good. <laughs> speaking of PBR, the Tigers were over the Brewers. For- uh, Colts starting their voluntary minicamp here today. With Shane Steichen, you're allowed to have an early minicamp as a first-year head coach, so obviously Gardner Minshew will be the one kind of leading that. Uh, just a couple of days this week. And then things will ramp up a little bit more on the field, middle of May, end of May, and then into June as well. When we come back, James Boyd from The Athletic, he's got his mock draft out. We'll chat with him about that. All right. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Our next guest from the Athletic, James Boyd. I know he was up late last night consuming some NBA action. James, pretty darn good for a Monday night, right? I'll take it. It was a, it was a fun night, and you know, obviously, I'm glad I'm not having to cover that game because I was pretty crazy. But <laughs> they can have that one. <laughs> if I gave you Boston or gave you the field in the Eastern Conference right now, what would you do? I'm going Boston. Totally Boston agree. Good to me. Yeah, I'd take Boston versus the field of the league, wouldn't you, James? Oh, man. I I don't know about that one because the lights looked a little bright for Jason Tatum in the finals last year. I think he shot in the 30% or something like that. That was pretty awful, so he got me a little shook there. But I'll take him in the East to get back. Who wins the West? I mean, Denver does look good, but... Yeah, I mean... Phoenix back on track? Yeah, I think that star power really, really matters. I get that they're playing a lot of minutes over there, and you got questions about their health and things like that. But it's pretty scary to look over and look at a team when you know Devin Booker is you know the the first option. The KD is the second option some nights. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, we okay. were just talking before we get to the NFL. We were just talking about this, James. I want your your thought on it. Um, I, I think John Morant's an unbelievable young talent, an exciting player, but it, it feels like the off-court drama with him and then his time away just jolted through that locker room and now all of a sudden you've got to assess whether or not you want to obviously build around that talent I get it but do you agree that everything started circling for Memphis and their year started going south when all of that drama it just became too much for them to overcome I don't know if it was that. They still play pretty good without him. They played, you know, good when he came back. I think it started when he had that comment where he's like, I'm fine in the West. And it's like, wait, what? You didn't even make it to the Western Conference Finals last year. So I think it was a bit of like too much too soon. And he became pretty arrogant pretty quickly, which is fine. I mean, I don't care. You can do what you want when you're that good. But the rest of your team isn't that good. That's, that's the issue. So you got other guys like Dylan Brooks. And, you know, talking kind of crazy. And it's like, wait a second, you guys can't back this up. And then, you know, unlike Draymond Green, who everyone loves or hates, he talks, you know, win or lose, you know, ejection, no ejection, flagrant foul, no flagrant foul. He talks. He stands on what he says. 
but you can't be like those guys and, and talk so much and then you lose and you say nothing. And then, you know, you got fans out here who think that is okay, but just a reminder out there to everyone out there, um, yes, you have to talk after games. It's in your contract. It's not, you know, a mental health thing for them to take some time to themselves. No, you lost the game. You got to talk. It is what it is. Uh, James Boyd will try to be multitasking, I think, on Thursday night a little bit with the NFL draft <laughs> underway and a slate of NBA games as well. Speaking of star power, you have come out with your mock draft and a little bit of tease. I, I would assume you're, looks like you're taking a pretty big swing there at number four overall. Yeah, Anthony Richardson goes number four to the Colts. I think that there has been a lot of smoke screen put out the last few days. Um, I still, you know, think that there's a fair amount of mystery with Houston, which I think is pretty accurate. But I really would be kind of shocked if they just don't take a quarterback, you know, C.J. Stroud, no less, at number two. I mean, your your team's pretty depleted. He's a really good player, and I get the S2 stuff, and that seems to be all rumors and, you know, stuff to maybe hurt his draft stock or whatever. But, you know, I just think that they really need a quarterback on top of other things they need. But if, um, for whatever reason, you know, you pass on him, I think the Colts should then look to him to be their pick at, at number three or four if they move up. But uh, if it all kind of, you know, falls the way it's been projected the last few months, um, I would expect that Anthony Richardson goes over Will Levis to the Colts just because of his upside. And, boy, does he have a lot of it. Okay, I wanted to try and get a little bit deeper into why the Richardson selection upside. Um, I guess anything Shane Steichen, Chris Bauer, Jim Mercer have said, anything that is really stands out about the Richardson resume that all of a sudden has maybe pushed him, whatever, ahead of Will Levis or anyone else? Yeah, I think his floor is higher than people give him credit for. Like, I think that Because of his running? As, yes, because of his running. Like I don't think he's as raw because he has the running ability, which forces defenses to be less, um, how do I describe it, like less complex. Like it's very hard to, to, to really scheme up a lot of, you know, in-depth things. You have a guy who just break free with his legs. I mean, you see Jalen Hurts and you see, um, you know, Lamar Jackson. There's a lot of like single, you know, high safety type of things because you can't get too creative because you're scared that if you, you know, um, do that, you're going to leave a guy basically unaccounted for who can just run up the middle of the field for 30 yards. So um, I think that he's further along in that regard. I think that his, um, you know, even some of his decision-making has been, um, look at the tape, he's improved throughout the season as a one-year starter. Now, am I saying he's going to come in right away and start and be a franchise guy? No, I think that there's going to be some some time there that you have to start Gardner Minshew and hope that, you know, Anthony Richardson can just kind of learn. I do think he should play at some point throughout his rookie season if the Colts take him. But, again, I don't think that he's just this, oh, my gosh, his completion percentage is terrible. Don't play him. He's horrible. And it's like, wait a second, he also had nine rushing touchdowns, and he's pretty electric in the open field. James, do you think that we sometimes, good or bad, either hype up or penalize a guy by the association of the player whose career is complete they most remind us of? In other words, does Anthony Richardson get held back a little bit because people see him and hear comparisons to Cam Newton and then they think about the end of Cam Newton's career and think, yeah, I don't know, that's not Cam Newton wasn't a great leader, et cetera, et cetera, and then he gets held back by that? Yeah, I do think that's the case. I also find it funny that, like, you know, there is always, um, you know, just the, the comparison that you see is like, oh, you know, uh, Will Levis – 
Is he Josh Allen or Carson Wentz? You know, is Anthony Richardson, Cam Newton, or Lamar Jackson? I'm like, wait a second. Why, why are you saying this? Like, is, it, is this literally just based off of, like, their skin color? And I'm not even saying it's, like, a racist thing. I'm just saying, is it just a, you know, uh, innate thing where we want to literally look at them and see someone else, like, look like somebody else? So um, I think that that's always a little bit funny. But I do think that, you know, if anybody in this draft class became Cam Newton, that's a win. You know, Cam Newton gave you a shot at the Super Bowl. He was the best player in the league for a year, which is, you know, more than what most likely any of these quarterbacks will become. I'm not saying that they can't do that, but there's also, um, you know, just this thing out there that we'd like to remind everyone that the football is really hard in the NFL. It's very difficult to become a franchise quarterback. So, again, if he's being compared to Cam Newton, that's not a bad thing. You want to pick guys based off of what they could become, you know, at their peak and, and hopefully sustain that. You don't want to pick a guy and be like, oh, if he gets there, it won't last. Like, I mean, if you're the Colts, you haven't had anybody to, like, worry about that with anyway. So you want to get a guy who you believe has some potential and then worry about that down the line. And it's James Boyd from The Athletic. He's got his mock draft up here heading into Thursday night uh, right now on The Athletic. Uh, I want to go back to Friday, Chris Ballard's press conference. Certainly, um, I guess he wanted to use more of the dancing term and not the lying term <laughs> with some of his comments. Um, I'll leave it pretty open-ended. It doesn't have to be necessarily quarterback-related. Anything stand out to you from Ballard on Friday? Because, you know, I, I did think he touched into some, you know, other positions of need as well, some draft depth. Uh, but anything stand out to you from what he said on Friday? He, he mentioned how deep the tight end class is. And I'm a little cautious there because I'm like, hmm, would you really draft another, you know, rookie tight end? Because in my opinion, if you did, it would be a guy who's a blocker, you know, like a Darnell Washington if he drops or, you know, a Payne Durham who – you know, who has basically, you know, made Jack Doyle the guy he wants to become at the next level. Um, so if that's the case, then I would think that Mo Ali Cox would, would probably have to go just because he's the oldest guy in the room um, and, and, and you want to see what you got in your young guys before you obviously move any of them. Um, so that's the only thing that I kind of picked up on. But the rest of it, I mean, let me be completely honest. I was like, hey, man, like, it's Friday. Let's, let's get this over with so I can play the rest of my, <laughs> my weekend. You and me both. I'm glad you said it. I was thinking it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious you asked him if he lied, which was hilarious. It was like asking your kid, like, do you lie? And, you know, sitting up there and saying no. And it's like, no, we know you probably lie. Like, he dances, and I'm not saying he's going to come out and blatantly lie or anything like that. I'll give him credit for never really just saying something that's completely, you know, false. But um, I, I'd imagine that there's a little, a little bit of fibbing just because that's what the job entails. I mean, if I had to, I would have got up there and told you, yeah, I'm lying all of you. So there's that. <laughs> yeah, uh, tight end is an interesting one for, for me. Jake and I were having this discussion yesterday. I think pass catcher, like grouping wide out and tight end together, is definitely a need. Like I, I feel like you've got to add somebody. I'd probably go a little bit more towards that speedy wide out. You know, I've made the basketball analogy like you got enough power forwards in that room. You need to get kind of a point guard in that wideout room just from a body type and a speed standpoint. Tight end, I don't know if I'm banking on like, hey, Jelani Woods just wasn't utilized enough last year. Drew Ogletree's coming off the ACL. I still think Kylan Granson can give you something. Uh, but I would probably go wideout over tight end, even though that, that doesn't really match up with what we're hearing from a draft depth standpoint. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I think that that goes back to the pick that you made in the first round. You took a quarterback. I think that you should prioritize the offensive line um, and also getting him some, 
you know, players and playmakers. So I would expect them to really look at wide receiver. Also because, you know, you lost at that position group as well. Like Paris Campbell didn't come back. You know, you got Isaiah McKenzie, but he's not, in my opinion, uh, a true starter uh, wide receiver in the NFL. So you need someone else who can help you, particularly in, in the slot. So, you know, if you can get a guy like Tedrick Tillman, Jonathan Mingo, um, Jaden Reed is someone I really, really like. I think that he brings a lot of versatility to the wide receiver room if he were to be drafted. And also, it's, it'll be fascinating to me to see how, you know, Shane Steichen's identity kind of blends itself throughout the rest of the offensive picks. I do think that that's going to be a factor. And, you might, and we might not see the typical Ballard, you know, traits or numbers and things like that, whereas Shane Steichen says, hey, I need this guy so our offense can look like this. James, give me the player or players on the Colts roster that people might be surprised that you get the feeling the Colts might be taking a second look at and maybe even drafting insurance at that position that the average fan probably thinks is totally secure. Left tackle, Bernard Ryman. I get it. Like He was um, pretty solid. He got better. Um, throughout the back half of last season, but I don't think that he was good enough to just say, hey, this is, your, this is yours, and you know, you, you're free to have it, and no one's really going to like compete for that spot. Um, I don't know if they go more veteran, you know, free agency. It's hard to sign linemen um, of, of a high caliber where you don't have a quarterback, you don't have a plan in place that they can you know, definitively see. But I think that that's the group or that's the position where I'm like, it's not just his. Like, I don't think that he was at that level last year. So that's probably my choice for sure. And then I also think that linebacker is another one because of the, you know, Shaquille Leonard um, coming back from his back surgery. He's not even really running right now. Um, I'm not too, you know, concerned with it at the moment. I think if we get to, you know, training camp and, you know, August and he's still not out there, then everyone obviously can get, you know, start asking more real questions like, is this guy going to be back to who he was? But you do have to get some insurance at linebacker because you lost to that position with Bobby O'Karake leaving, and also you're banking on Shaq being back. But if he isn't, which I'm sure if he's listening, he'll tell me I will be, <laughs> but if he isn't, you got to have somebody else there, you know, for insurance. Can James Boyd with us here from The Athletic. James, I'll end with this. Let's say for some reason, Bryce Young goes one, and then all of a sudden it goes defensive player, defensive player. You know, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, flip them, whatever. Houston and Arizona can't move the pick. They decide to go that side of the ball. So the Colts are sitting there at four with Stroud, Levis, and Richardson all on the board. Do you think the Colts would have much debate with that, or would they run up there with C.J. Stroud's card? I think they would have a pretty good debate about that because of um, Shane Steichen's ability to work with dual-threat quarterbacks and, and, the, and the, the way he helped Jalen Hurts develop from being a you know questionable starter in the NFL to you know a top-five QB. Obviously, the, the weapons he has helps. But I think that, you know, the jump that he made from 2021 to 2022 was very significant. And Shane Steichen was his, you know, offensive coordinator both seasons. So that counts for something. However, I think that there's still a pretty, you know, significant gap between Stroud and Richardson and Levis. So if that were to happen, I get all the talk about upside. Everyone loves upside until you don't reach it. So I think that floors matter as well. Maybe not as much, but CJ Stroud has a pretty good floor. 
for, for being an NFL quarterback. And also, he still has a pretty decent amount of upside as well with his mobility and his accuracy and things that he could do right now today to help your football team. So I think that if that were to happen, you got to go get the guy from Ohio State. I get it. You know, Ohio State quarterbacks aren't great in the NFL. But I also don't care what previous quarterbacks have done. you got to believe in that guy, and that's what matters. Okay, last one for me, James. Over, under of seven. Number of games Shaquille Leonard starts this season. Going over. I'm going to trust that he gets back. Um, the key will be, honestly, if he is himself. Like, I don't think that he's going to be where he just doesn't play or doesn't start. The key will be, does he look like himself out there? And I guess that's maybe a cop-out. But I will go over. Um, it's still early. You know, we aren't, you know, getting into the, the, the meat potatoes of the season or the preseason, things like that. But um, I'll trust him that he's going to get back. And it just depends on, again, if he's going to be the dominant player he is or if he's just going to be, you know, um, out there and maybe a different version. I, I mean, you could say this a lot about a lot of players, James, but without that extra, like, 1.5% motor from Shaquille Leonard, though, he's a pretty pedestrian linebacker with a lot of liabilities. Is that too harsh of me I to mean, say? No, I don't think it's too harsh. Um, I think that it's fair, right? I mean, this this league is based off of what you do and, and what you produce. And he said it himself, like he was a step slow, more than a step slow, I would think, last year. And if he comes back looking like that, then you have some serious questions to ask yourself about your linebacker group and, and your future with him on the franchise. Now, I know that sounds ominous. And again, I have no idea how he'll look in a few months. But um, again, that's stuff you have to think about because – um, as much as you love his mindset, what he brought to your franchise, there's no guarantees. And in this league, sometimes it is cruel in great careers, you know, don't always pan out the way that you'd like them to be. So um, we'll see, uh, you know, for his sake and as a fan of the game, I never want anybody to be hurt. So just hoping he gets back and, you, you know, we can see and assess him from there. For you two, who starts more games next year? Shaquille Leonard or Gardner Minshew? Oh, man. I'm gonna go Shaq. I think that uh, I think that Gardner Minshew starts, you know, a decent amount of the half the season. But I, I would imagine if the Colts, you know, aren't really doing much, I don't think they're gonna be a playoff team with Gardner Minshew back there. No disrespect to him, I just don't think that any quarterback, you know, that's not a superstar is gonna really help this team become, you know, uh, that much better in one year. So I would expect like maybe the back half of the season. You get the rookie quarterback in, whoever it is, maybe four or five games just to get them some experience. See, I think – I don't think you can rule out the possibility that whoever they draft, they hand the keys to. Right away? Yep. And well, they I'll say, say let's this. go. As a reporter covering the team, I would love that. I mean, hey, I, I, <laughs> yeah. I want to cover I want to cover the guy, you know, you're trusting your franchise with. But I'm just saying if I'm Ballard or Steichen or Ursay, I don't know if I, I want to throw him in the fire just yet. Because you know, as you all know, like this league can make or break you, and a lot of it has to do with the infrastructure and the and the guidance you were given, you know, to start off with. Yeah, it'll be a really good debate. I think where your bye week falls could have some implications into that mm-hmm. as well. James, as always, man, great stuff. Uh, appreciate you hopping on, and we will see you Thursday. Sounds good. I'm so ready for it. Amen. On at this point. <laughs> Amen, man. Thank you. That's James Boyd right there on the Payless Liquors hotline. Yeah, the NFL schedule will come out uh, coming up here in about mid-May. I think you know where that bye week is too. You know, do you look at it and say, all right, you know, week six, week seven bye. You sit the guy, give him a bye week to maybe ramp up. Um, who knows? I don't mind though at all. Just handing the guy 
the keys and throwing them right I, in the I fire. I think that's entirely possible. Of course, background, you know, Ballard comes from, you know, Kansas City where Mahomes sat for a year. Jalen Hurts sat his first year. Um, I know Shane Steichen was still with the Chargers. Justin Herbert was going to sit until, what was it? They injected Tyrod Taylor like it was a rib issue and they injected him like too high by his lungs. I remember yeah, that. they punctured his lung. That was it, punctured They punctured his lung with a needle. That, that person that... had to have gotten fired, correct? <laughs> Or I guess you could look at it and say maybe he didn't get fired because then that allowed Justin Herbert to start and it worked out great for him. That seems like an uncomfortable experience. <laughs> right? Will that rival us tomorrow, Mark? <laughs> it's a, like, yeah, maybe. Whoa, whoa. Charger, oh, the mayo just hit me right in the lung. A Chargers team doctor accidentally punctured quarterback Tyrod Taylor's lung just before kickoff while trying to administer a pain-killing injection to the quarterback's cracked ribs. This will kill the Apparently, pain. According <laughs> to then-coach you won't Lane. be able to breathe. <laughs> you know how they say, like, if you hurt yourself, you punch your like leg or something, they make the pain go elsewhere? I don't think that was what he had in mind. Like, my ribs really hurt. Well, wait a minute. Now my, now my chest hurts. <laughs> I mean, do you know, by the way, it's a totally different side subject, and I apologize because we're probably up against it. Do you know something fascinating, and I... I realize I mentioned a lot that I had a heart attack, but I, in this case, it's it's applicable because it's weird. When I came home, like a week later, we're sitting on the couch, and I said to Shannon, I'm like, I have terrible chest pain. She's like, you're going back in right now. So I go back to the hospital. They run every test, and the guy comes in and goes, yep, this is exactly what I thought. And I thought, he's going to tell me they got to do everything all over again. I said, what's that? And he said, you have a... What was the, you have a strained pectoral muscle and a torn lat muscle. Mm, you bench like, pressing too much? I'm like, what? And he's like, the strain of the heart attack caused your muscles, your body to tense so much that it tore those two muscles or strained those oh. two muscles, but your body was aware of the fact that there was a different priority to take care of. So now that your heart is on the mend, it is now making you aware of the fact that there are other things that you need to address. Gosh, the human body. Isn't that amazing? The human body is my point. It's amazing. Never forget the shriek. Was it last year at the Combine when one of the offensive linemen tore his pec mid- Oh, my. Can you imagine? Mid-rep. Yeah. Luckily, I think Deuce Garud and the strength coach was right there to grab the bar. <laughs> Who was the player? Do you know? Oh, for some reason, a Big Ten school standing out. I mean, was it somebody that ended up getting drafted? <laughs> Literally. That sounded like that, right? Literally. I mean, just reverberating. What animal's that, Mark? Through the, the convention center walls. <laughs> What's that again? The Indianapolis Combine. <laughs> so it was a San Diego yeah. State tackle. Hold on, boys. Let me show you how to bench this. Was thing. that from White River and the zoo, or was that in the convention center? Uh, Kevin Aquare here. Uh, coming up, 9 o'clock hour, 93.5, The Fan. By the way, it was Billy Price of Ohio State, the center that tore his pectoral muscle, uh, still went 21st overall in the NFL draft, played for the Bengals, for three years, then the Giants, Raiders, and now uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. And again, <laughs> yeah. now, was that a Price animal or was that Billy himself? <laughs> that, what's that noise again? <laughs> Will that be Jake tomorrow when the mayo hits his lips? When you bring, no, no. When the mayo hits my retinas. When I see mayonnaise... Oh, you're going to put it in your eyes? That's an <laughs> no, interesting I'm move. I'm telling <laughs> look like, you. Look like Mrs. Doubtfire when Boy, she gets the whipped cream. I'm telling you. Curveball. Listen, you guys... What's that, uh, what's that stuff... 
Do you guys, you might be too young to remember this. When you guys were kids, did they have Mr. Yuck stickers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. In the event that... I need first to get my off, hands on some of those. First off, yeah, Mr. Yuck stickers, and I wouldn't have mayonnaise in my residence, but if I did, there'd be a Mr. Yuck sticker on it. But in the event that you had a young person that didn't pay attention to the Mr. Yuck sticker and ingested something that was poison, what's the name of that syrup you give them? Like... Ikapak syrup or whatever it's called that um, causes yeah uh-huh, I, can, I can picture it causes an immediate recycle that that's what mayonnaise is to me you got I mean I'll, I'll if you want to do this that's fine oh, but I'm but I'm gonna have like a, a breakfast bar or something on the way in so so uh, that breakfast bar that'll that'll cure it mm-hmm. no so that there's Mayo something to breakfast so bar, that I'm not yeah. retching and dry heaving so that there's something that comes back up so you got I'm just telling you Elliot has. S- Suggested I'm right there. Elliot messaged me and said that um, you could do the uh, banana thing that Levis has done. Just eat, eat the banana whole. I with, thought about with, that. that without that's healing it. I, I would rather do that than than the spawn of the devil. Is that uh, is that doable? Like, is that can you do that though? That seems like that could be a task that maybe you're. Is that a compromise you're willing to do? Your teeth just won't allow for it. Well, that's eating a banana peel. Yeah, no, eating the whole thing. Yeah, you got to eat the whole thing. Just whole. Like eat the whole thing. Come on, team player. This is this is like this the is Saint Elmo faking COVID all over again. You're supposed <laughs> to be like the veteran bull and everything, showing Excuse the young me? the young guys how to do it. Just, <laughs> Excuse me. What, what's that? Folding Excuse up me? shop and skipping town. What am I, Ferdinand over here? <laughs> I'm the veteran bull. I got a guy that sends me hockey picks. By the way, he wants Carolina tonight minus one sixty. <laughs> The guy needs to call somebody. one 9 with it. <laughs> 9 o'clock hour coming up, Kevin Aguirre. So, so this... Sh- Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Show is 7 to 10 a.m., right? Five days a week, 7 to 10 a.m. Well, day, for like, some of us. Are you well, aware of that? Sometimes I feel like you aren't. Well, thus my confession. It's 9.04 mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. It's technically 9.04 everywhere in the Eastern Time Zone. On this Tuesday, and what is today, the 25th? Correct. Okay, the 25th of April. Now, between the Aztec noise <laughs> of the guy <laughs> ripping his pack, and then... My anxiety about this whole mayonnaise thing that you guys have just conjured up without, and, I, and you must have had a meeting that I wasn't a part of. Between those two things, <laughs> that's me when you break out the Hellman's. I, I, basically, at this point, I've just, for today at least, I, I'd like to think that I am the face of broadcast professionalism, preparedness, and three hours of daily commitment. Until today, I, I literally feel like here. I'm essentially punting quarter number three. 
It's not really quarter number three. It's third it's number like three. Elder abuse that we're giving you or something? <laughs> this is simply teamwork. Simply teamwork. We're all in this together. Sacrifices. Yeah. <laughs> teamwork. What makes sacrifice are you guys making? We're offering to do the coffee and mayo thing. Yeah. We're simpatico. Educate there. and entertain. Correct, Mark? We're united. What kind of coffee do you drink? Uh, regular coffee. I don't know. We've went uh, over this before. There's yeah. I, I'm not flavor. a high end coffee drinker. I could drink gas station coffee yeah. every day. Yeah, okay. I have no preference. Zero. Pre- I think the mayo spice it up. Yeah, we're going with whatever they got, whatever batch they got over there in the kitchen. Maddie's got batch. A ton they of have mayo mayonnaise right here. No, the coffee. I'm bringing the mayo in. The big old Dukes. Mark was already at the grocery the, over the, the weekend. Sam's you you could buy special. Duke's tomato or mayonnaise. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen the mayo? Obviously, I said Duke tomato. Have you seen the mayo bowl? 64 ounce jar. Well, yeah. It was at Sam's Club. There's plenty to go around you tomorrow. Bought, we can have multiple helpings. Remember you Mike bought, Loxley went in the mayo bowl? That's going to be yeah. us tomorrow. That's not mayonnaise for three people. That's for Biosphere 3. I know. Well, I'm planning ahead for the show, and I said, hey, look at that sale. Got to get on that. Throw Mark in the cart, a, girls. Uh, Uncle Jake is. You know, I went to Costco once and I bought a thing of cereal bars, and I still have four hundred and sixty-five cereal bars. Four dollars for seventy of these? (laughs) They're all still sitting there. Yeah. Uh, Grand Prix tickets, Mark. We're giving away this week. Yep. Mm -hmm. So that is coming up. uh, What is that, Jake? Like May fifteenth, something Uh, like that. That is sixteenth. Yes. So two weeks from this weekend. Is it just the Uh, mayo in general? Would, Would you like like a Chipotle mayo, like a flavor? A flavored mayo would that make it easier, like a baconator kind of mayo? It's the viscosity mm-hmm. and texture, and in particular when it when it mixes with one's saliva, mm-hmm. the look that it makes in people's mouth is it, it. All of it is disgusting, horrific. It smells terrible. It looks terrible. It tastes terrible. It ruins the most. It, it, everything turns colors when mixed with it. Mm-hmm. It's horrific. Man, I, I looked at it this morning in the fridge. One more sleep. That thing was shinier than a teenage boy's forehead, man. It is quite thick. Everything about it is disgusting. God, it's um, going to be right next to you tomorrow morning. Did you see... Okay, I was flying to Long Beach. And let me just tell you this. I was flying to Long Beach, and I had a streak. I had a streak at one point of like... It was absurd. It was like 16 consecutive flights that I had taken where the people next to me take their shoes off. I don't know what this is. I don't know where this came from. I don't know where it originated from, but it's disgusting. It's horrific, and these people should all be banned. They should be on the no-fly list, right? Mm -hmm. But I was on my way to Long Beach. I was sitting on the aisle, and across the aisle from me was someone who took not only their shoes but their socks off now did you see the foot i i, I took a picture of this and then dip the toes into mayo this foot this foot was it had crust it had tortilla chip toenails it was horrific right it was the most horrible thing i've ever seen in my life i would rather give that person a foot massage than eat mayonnaise it's, well, 
mayonnaise is the most disgusting. We might have to find who that person is, Mark, and get them in studio tomorrow, then it sounds so, like. So you're saying you have a streak currently going with the flight, or you had a streak snapped? What are you? No, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I'm now amidst a second streak, and the guy next to me, now now here's the other thing. I see Rex Ryan behind you. We can get him in uh, studio uh, if you want to go down that path. Really uh, beautiful feet. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the aisle. The guy that was sitting in the window seat, there was no one in the middle, fortunately. Uh, he takes his shoes off. Now, he kept his socks on, but he takes his shoes off. And at one point, he says to me, um, I'm going to get up and go to the restroom. I said, oh, okay. So I unbuckle and, and you know whatever to get out. to let. And I sit back down and then look over, and his shoes are still sitting in his spot, which means this. You're sitting next to Del Griffith. That's what you're this doing. This guy went to the bathroom of the plane with no shoes on. Yeah, now he's sitting next to you. You might have a different streak going after tomorrow after this mayonnaise thing happens. You guys would be lucky if I'm here on He's going to call in sick. I'll be at our meeting later. I feel a little lightheaded. I think I need to go home. <laughs> I'm just telling you. Trying to rein it back in here. Uh, last night, Jimmy Butler, with one of the greatest performances you will see in playoff basketball, a 21 in the fourth quarter, 56 for the game. I did find myself watching that, and some of it I think channeled back to when the Heat played the Pacers earlier this season. Can... And does Benedict Mather have some of that? Of just kind of the no-nonsense, I'm not shaking your hand after a game. Matherin probably honestly takes it to to another level. Like, he wants no part he of... He has kind of that same focus, doesn't he? And he like wants no part of being chummy with anybody. Um, and him and Butler, I think, had a couple of moments like that in the regular season. Obviously, a long way to go before you achieve what Jimmy Butler has, but... I think we also forget it's not like Jimmy Butler walked in the NBA and averaged 20 a game. He right. averaged two a game his rookie year. Two. Two. Uh, and now is looked at as a guy that has this ability, particularly in the playoffs, to have these takeover type of type of moments without being some guy that's dunking on you on every possession or you know knocking down six or seven threes a game. You know, the thing about Jimmy Butler is he doesn't have necessarily, and I'm not saying he doesn't have a quick first step, but he just has like this amazing body control where he's really strong so he can go right to the basket. But if need be, he can stop and pull up. And when he gets hot, especially in the mid-range game, I mean, he it's lights out. Like he, he can catch it in a bottle quickly. And that team, Miami is just the perfect place for him because – they have perfect role players that all know exactly their role and perfectly float around what it is that he's doing. And Bam Adebayo is a great player as well. They're a very talented eight seed. They are, yes, because they were hurt all year. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like they're healthy now. Like Tyler Hero was hurt most of the year. Adebayo, I think, missed some time. I mean, they're they've got some and. and Eric Spolster can flat out coach. He reminds me. I watch a lot of Miami Heat games, actually. And the Heat remind me of the Butler teams under Brad Stevens and the fact that they just seem to have a better idea at all times as to where the basketball's going. And and they're just a step ahead, quite frankly. And they hang around games where you don't think, you know, they're they're down four, five, most, and then all of a sudden they get the lead three quarters of the way through the game, and then all of a sudden it's up to five, and then it's up to eight, and then it's up to ten. You're like, oh my gosh, they're going to win this game. That's what they do in the way they play. They're just a very well, 
If you like the game of basketball and you're one of the like purists at the NBA level, Miami does it pretty admirably. It's pretty rare to find guys like Butler that just his game goes to another level come playoff time. Um, again, I know the words can be a bit cliche from intensity and competitor and all of that. It, it fits him absolutely perfectly. And, you know, I do think if you're a Benedict Mather and looking at him, looking at a Drew Holiday and the ability to play on both ends of the floor, just be locked into this series. Be locked in to this series. Are you guys surprised at all about this? Boston, or excuse me, uh, Miami and Milwaukee right now. Again, Miami's up 3-1. The series back to Milwaukee for Game 5. Milwaukee is plus 128 to win the series. So that is a $10 bet to win $12.80. Are you surprised that it is that close to even money yeah, for Milwaukee to come back from 3-1 down? Yes. I mean, they're in a world of hurt here. Because, my, to your point, Miami is really good. And the and the Miami core has kind of been there, done this before. Yeah, that's exactly. I mean, it's a group that's been to the finals, right? Yeah, bubble finals. I mean, and in game one, when Giannis played, and I know he exited somewhat early, but Miami still had a lead when he exited. I think almost a double digit lead. They won, you know, in Milwaukee, in game one. There, uh, it was pretty special last night to watch that from Butler, and then. I did find it fitting and had to laugh when LeBron hits the shot to go into overtime over Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, man. Somebody said it best. They sent me a text. Dylan Brooks is a poor man's Lance Stevenson. See, I I think it's a little different. I think Dylan Brooks has more like villain hate into it, whereas Lance teetered a little bit more on playful. Well, Lance Stevenson's... Yeah, Lance Stevenson's were never intentional. And again, people could send me videos that might think otherwise, but like, it just seems, and maybe I'm being biased just in our own backyard, and maybe we knew Lance a little bit better, but it just seems like Brooks has got a little bit more like just spite. And the fact that, again, he continues not to like confront it after he's already talked, either with his play on the court or his him, comments off the court. I don't remember him in college being that kind of a guy. Like, I don't know where it came about, you know. I, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it was a different Oregon player. Wasn't he, like, the Oregon player that Coach K, like, stopped in the handshake line and talked to for, like, th- three or four minutes? I, yeah, after? I mean, I, like, I think he was really well-respected coming out of Oregon, right? It's almost like he has seen the Lance Stevenson and is like, watch this. I'm going to take it to another level. I just, Memphis just seems to have a high threshold of, of knuckleheads, right? So he pointed out they are uh, Dan, a listener, pointed out a little bit earlier. They do, I think, miss Stephen Adams. He's a guy that's been out here in the playoffs. I mean, they, they're right there. I mean, they had a great chance. I mean, hell, if they got one defensive stop last night. It's two two, and now they have home court. Did you ever see the, the best of three series? One of the Superman movies. I think it was like Superman three, where they had the three aliens that like come down that are that always had like the little mirror thing down below them. Does that make sense at all? What I'm talking no. about. I've never I'm not seen all old Superman movies. Does anybody listening remember like Superman three, where it had like the three people that had like the little thing? It was like I don't even know how to describe it. That's what Stephen Adams looks like. He looks like one of the villains from the Superman movies, but he's a heck of a player. I've always thought Stephen Adams. You and I've talked about it, Kevin. Like that's exactly kind of what the Pacers need is like a, just a big enforcer body like that. I thought Daniel Tice could be that guy. Obviously, he wasn't. Um, 
But he's a you know, there's a reason Steven Adams has lasted this long in the league because he just brings something to the table that is very hard to replicate. All I see is Superman aliens, and it's the no. aliens from the Ridley Scott Sigourney Weaver thing. Dang. Uh, well, you're I think putting we've in- mentioned before Stephen Adams. You know the crazy like sibling Stephen Adams story. He's the youngest of seventeen. 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 Uh, I think the average height for the males is like six eight or six nine, and the average height for the females in the uh, family is like six foot. Lord. Yeah. Superman 2, everyone is telling me. Why do I feel like that's like nowhere to be found in an American family? What, Superman 2? I don't know. It was wildly popular. 17 siblings. The males are 6'9", and the females are 6 foot. General Zod, several people have pointed out. But if, Superman 2, I'm telling you, it's not, it's not General Zod... I'll find this eventually. This makes for great radio here. About 11.50. All, all of us imagining Jake this. checking uh-huh. his IMDB pages. Where is that? Listen, Todd Meyer is joining in the conversation, right? He's our boss, or one of them. So if he's down with it, we're good. Okay? You guys just follow the, follow the old bull here. Isn't that what you called me earlier? This old bull needs to go out to pasture, I feel like. You're <laughs> all lost in the weeds right now. Okay. I, I'm, uh, I'm pretty bummed about this De'Aaron Fox injury. Yeah, that stinks. It does. Is, is that it for the Kings? Boy, if he's not able to go, I mean, that's... Doubtful, right, for tomorrow night? Yeah, that's, uh-huh. I mean... It seems like the miss by Harrison Barnes, Draymond in game three, and now this. Like That's kind of like the triple whammy almost of... Obviously, without Draymond, you had an opportunity in game three. You know, Barnes having that look there on Sunday, that miss, and now the Fox injury... By the way, no Kawhi Leonard tonight for the Clippers. They are down 3-1. So injuries have been an unfortunate storyline here in these round one series. By the way, the name of the character in Superman 2, Evil Doer. Oh, it is. Are we still uh, on this? No, it, okay. Yes, he they they report to General Zod. There's three of them, and it looks just like Steven Adams. When you guys when the day comes. When your kids want to watch Superman and then Superman 2, which is going to be like 15 years from now, I'm not even even going to be around anymore, but you're going to say to yourself, I get it now. Jake was right. That looks like Steven Adams. That's what you're going to say to yourself. And then you're going to feel bad. And then you're going to say, that was just the day before we killed him with the mayonnaise. Right? Uh, let me go to his let me go to his shrine (laughs) over at Crown Hill. So are you going to do the banana or the mayo? Or both? Ooh, banana with mayo on top. Over the peel? And through the woods. To grandmother's house we go. I'm telling you. You guys can try all you'd like. The mayonnaise thing, highly unlikely. I've got some baby spoons I can bring in. Like I said, we can do the airplane. Coming in for a landing. (laughs) You try that all you'd like. Mike um, sent me a picture of the Kentucky-Florida football game from this year the box score from that game uh, that was a game where Kentucky beat Florida 26 to 16 combined third downs in that game 8 of 29 pretty ugly he goes you're telling me the QBs in this game are both going to be in the top four in the draft get the bleep out of here <laughs> get the mayonnaise out of here that's not what it says <laughs> again I think this is what makes the draft want at times, 
for probably the personnel people more than any, bang your head against the wall. We talked about the 2018 draft. Baker Mayfield has the iconic plant the flag at the midfield of the horseshoe. They win at Ohio State. Sam Darnold throws for 350 against Stanford and has a huge Rose Bowl. And Josh Allen, the 37% completion percentage against Oregon, turns out to be by far the best pro. Yeah. I, I'm i going to go back to with Josh Allen. And this is this goes along with what Ross Tucker was saying to us as a pause with C.J. Stroud. With Josh Allen, I think the Buffalo Bills notably were the team that said, say what you want about his completion percentage. Let's look at who he's throwing to. And I understand that that would be also reason on the other side of it with C.J. Stroud to be like, yeah, I don't know. He's throwing to guys that are two yards ahead of everybody else, and he's used to that that window being open. You Is know, it's that like, the sort of risk the Colts need to take? I know that you probably disagree with that. But again, Buffalo looking at the Josh Allen risk. Is that the Anthony Richardson type of risk? That is a good question. Um, Because Buffalo was getting to playoffs. They were a fine franchise. You know, Kansas City was getting to playoffs with Alex Smith. But do you need to swing a little bit bigger? And trust Shane Steichen. And again, I would say... I'm 100% on board with what you're saying, Kevin, but my pause comes down to the fact that for the general manager, it is not his first quarterback swing. Maybe in the terms of the draft it is, but it's not his first quarterback swing. And I, I keep defaulting to this in my mind, and that is that Maybe it wasn't Chris Ballard. Maybe it was Frank Reich. But Chris Ballard was ultimately where the final buck stops aside from the owner. And he went to the owner and said, I want to make a trade, give up assets, and ask you to open up your pocketbook for a guy that I think is our quarterback. And that guy turned out to be arguably the most sour imprint on Jim Irsay of any player that he's paid money to in the last 15 years and Jim Irsay is the one that said I'm not doing anymore with this guy with Carson Wentz I'm not doing it we'll we'll trade him for a a half eaten bag of chili cheese Fritos if we have to but I'm not doing it anymore you you asked me to open up my pocketbook and you made a trade and you told me this was the guy and so for that, if I'm Chris Ballard, the second go-round now with the quarterback experiment, draft, not trade, I'm saying I've got to go with the one that gives me the least chance of the owner coming back to me and saying, why did we take this guy? Yeah, I feel like if Ballard is going to do that or think that way, Ursay just needs to say, Shane Steichen, you make the call. Shane Steichen's got the best quarterback resume. This is where the Colts need to have some third party enter the building. You know, and I know this is not how it works, but you have some third party that walks in the building and says, hey, Jim, show me your quarterback resume. Oh, Peyton Manning, one overall. Andrew Luck, one overall. Chris, show me your quarterback resume. Oh, that's what it looks like. Shane Steichen, show me your quarterback resume. Oh, that's what it looks like. Okay, uh, this decision will be made by Shane Steichen. Do you ever have people that just disappoint you, just let you down, disappoint you? Where you just say to yourself, I, I thought better. Well, I probably am feeling one right now. I'll feel that tomorrow when you don't participate with Kevin. This, and I. this from Dave Calabro. I've got to stick up for mayonnaise, my friend. Every Hoosier loves mayonnaise except for you. Sitting in turn one with ham and cheese and mayo. 
Well, I'm in turn three, and we don't do it that way. Zod, Ursa, and Nan were the three Kryptonians <laughs> Thank in the you. Phantom Zone. Thank that you. might be the nerdiest sentence I've ever said. <laughs> I'm just telling Clapper you. doesn't strike me as a mayo guy. Does he put mayo in that hair? What's that? Does he put mayo in that hair? <laughs> now, now we do know there was the one fellow that put mayonnaise in his hair, oh, right, yeah. Mark? It really, really works. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that what he said? Mm-hmm. Let me find that He smelled... <laughs> What was it? It was my strange addiction, or whatever those TV I shows smell like an egg salad sandwich, but it really, really works. <laughs> We've broken Jake. <laughs> uh, a pair of Grand Prix tickets, is that right, Mark? Yes, two uh, tickets. Yeah, yeah. So you can go to the Grand Prix and eat your mayonnaise and ham and cheese sandwiches, along with the Jiffy Lube oil change. That's what we'll be giving away in the pop quiz all week long. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy for that morning checkdown time. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. Thank you. Lara Overton. Mayonnaise is putrid, she sends me. Thank you. Right? Who would you rather go to lunch with, Lara Overton or Dave Calabro? I I, I don't think Mark and I have ever said mayonnaise is terrific. It's just making a sacrifice that we're all a team together and we're all going to do this together. Well, okay. (laughs) FTS, man. For the show. Oh, that's Hashtag, our new logo? Well, we don't have any t-shirts that we've written up yet, so why not? Add that to the pile. I guess we've thrown in the towel on PBR Keyword is the there logo, is yes. right? Uh, speaking of t-shirts. No, that's still <laughs> happening at some point. I'll have it at my place or something. A lot of playoff t-shirts right now, and we've got three series that could all end tonight. That would be Boston, Game 5 at home over Atlanta. They're up 3-1. Denver, also up 3-1. They are home with Minnesota. And then the final game of the night, again, no Kawhi Leonard as the Clippers try to stave off elimination. No Paul George either. A Phoenix up 3-1 in that series. Uh, we getting a clean sweep tonight? All the home teams getting it done? No. There will be a visiting team to win. Please allow me to look once again at the schedule right before me and tell you which one it'll be. Uh, I'm going to go with – oh, boy. Um, no, I take that back. The home teams are going to sweep, yes. I can't see which one of those. That was a bit of a 180. That was a Memphis Grizzlies-type turn. That was a very quick 180. You don't think Minnesota and Denver? You know, people often mistake that and say you did a 360. It's not a 360. It's a 180. right back where you were. Yeah. Minnesota would have the best chance of those three, but I'll tell you, Denver is really good. I, I mean, Nine and a half point underdog Minnesota. Boston, 13 and a half point favorite. And the Suns, 12 and a half point favorite. And last night, the Heat, they go up 3-1 on the Bucks. That is an eight seed over a one. Uh, so they can clinch with just one more win. And the Lakers go up 3-1. Over Memphis with that series shifting back to Memphis. And no De'Aaron Fox tomorrow night. It was it the ring finger on a shooting hand? Is that what it it's was? It's the index finger. Index finger yeah. on a shooting it's hand. It's like a chip in the bone, which is really uncomfortable sounding. She's doubtful. That'll be a ten o'clock tip tomorrow night, uh, back in Sacramento. Uh NHL playoffs. New Jersey over the Rangers three one. It was Toronto over the Lightning five four. The Golden Knights over the Jets four two and the Kraken. I, I I always want to say Kraken. Seattle well, Kraken. Incorrect. Three two. Well, I, I understand that over the Colorado Avalanche. That means that Seattle and Colorado were tied at two games apiece. It's a three one lead for Vegas. It's a three one lead for Toronto and the Rangers and Devils. Thanks to uh, Putty's win last night, tied at two games apiece as well. Uh, for the Devils tonight. Or excuse me, today the Colts will start their voluntary minicamp. It's a three day. Uh, many camp, they're allowed to do this with a first-year head coach. Obviously, it'll be Gardner Minshew leading the show on that front. 
ahead of Thursday's draft. The Aaron Rodgers trade finalized. Uh, you good with that for Green Bay? Um, I thought Green Bay could have gotten more, to be honest with you. I, I was surprised by it. I, it although it is a, obviously a guy at the end of his career, but still, it just felt like it would have been a bigger haul than that. Jets make the playoffs this year? <sighs> yeah, I'm going to go with no also just because that – if the Jets were in the AFC South, absolutely, but that division's loaded, man. Last year they were 7-4 and four entering December – in certainly in the playoffs at that point and just fell apart from an offensive standpoint to close out the year. Uh, but I agree. I do think the AFC East is loaded. I will say that they do make the playoffs, though. They're a wild card in that case? They're not winning yeah, the division, uh-huh. right? I'll say they are a wild card and they do Man. make the playoffs. Uh, if you're looking for something new tonight, Indy Fuel in action playoff game up there at the Coliseum tonight and Thursday. They've got Toledo in their round one series. They're down dos nil right now in their playoff series. Do you know that there was a manager, Eddie White just sent me the baseball card, of manager Mayo Smith? Uh, yeah, yeah, I saw yeah. that, Eddie. Fire that fire that in yeah. there. Well, that guy, he sucked as a manager, let me tell you. How about your uh, favorite NBA player, Team O.J. Team usually Mayo. playing catch-up. What's that? O.J. Mayo, your favorite NBA player? Nope, nope. O.J. Mayo, there's a reason he's been banned from the league, and thank goodness that fax was late. That's all I got to say. Banned from the league, is he? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know why? Because the NBA knows what they're doing, and they didn't want any more mayo. They well, said, hold the mayo. For Josh McRoberts, like 37 straight trade deadlines. <laughs> well, remember the fax was late. That was supposedly, allegedly, that was David Morway that was trying to fax it in, and the fax was like a minute too late. And so the trade did not go through, and O.J. Mayo, thank goodness, the NBA was like, nah, we got enough mayo in Indy. Yes, thank you. We don't need any more of it. Could have driven the pace car for the. There's a reason. There's a reason the top brand of it is called Hell Man, right? I mean, it's doing something if it's got a bowl game. Well, that's the other one. That's the Dukes folks. Mm -hmm. Clearly doing something right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, A pair of tickets to the Grand Prix coming up on May 13th. That is a Saturday. Um, Bring your mail to turn three. (laughs) That will be up for well turn. What are you in for 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 that one, Jake? You're probably in some some obscure. I'm in turn one of the Oval, which is turns like. 12 and 13 of the road course. Okay. Well, there you know. Uh, we'll do that. And Jiffy Lube oil change up for grabs on the pop quiz coming up next. 317-239-1070. You know what the first question is going to be, don't you? Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. It's the hardest pop quiz I've ever seen. We got to figure out which... More people are in my camp on this mayo thing than one thinks. I know. I think Kevin and I are kind of there too. It's just... I know Calabro's like, come on. He asked me, so you also hate Miracle Whip? Yes. It's a miracle that they could whip up something like that that was still as disgusting as mayonnaise. Yes, that is It's all about sacrifices in life. Mark and I are willing Mm -hmm. to go there. Yeah. Well, that's... You know what? 
I commend you both. Again, you're going to have a letter from Motman, a note from Motman tomorrow morning that will get you out of it. <laughs> Guys, I was so amped to do this, but look. I, you know what? I, I should, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask Motman right now what he thinks of mayonnaise. Well, you I'm need sure to offer exactly some context that's what he wants. So, hey, is it okay if I have a spoonful of mayonnaise in my coffee tomorrow? How about is mayo plop right in there? Yeah. Is mayonnaise good for the heart? How's that? No, that's mayonnaise well, that. a day keeps the doctor away. Yeah. <laughs> All right, a pair of a uh, tickets to the Grand Prix, right, Mark? Mm-hmm. No matter what happens. No matter what happens. All right. Even if you go zero for five. Uh, and I have a feeling this, Scotty, this is brutal. I mean, obscure baseball questions to the nth degree. Number one through eight here. Uh, Jake, a number? Uh, I'll go with number four. Four. Who we got? Kevin. Oh, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Good morning, fellas. Kevin, how you doing? I'm fantastic. How you guys doing? Good. Are you a Mayo fan? I am a big Mayo fan. On what? Or just straight? French fries. I did my French fries right in that stuff. It's delicious. Wow, interesting. So you take you have yes, plenty sir. of options for tomorrow. Okay. What other what other sorts of like disgusting things do you enjoy in your life, Kevin? Oh God, oh, boy, jeez. <laughs> how long have you been a communist? Can we take this off air? <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, uh, how old a fellow are you? I graduated in the mid nineties. From high school to college. From high school, I'm an Athenian. Oh, nice. I'm going to pass that here in a few, uh, probably about less than an hour on my way to Bloomington. And All right. Kevin, what sort of line uh, of work are you in now? I own my own lawn care business. Oh, okay. That's yes, impressive. Sir. Okay. Any uh, tips for us from a lawn care standpoint as we get ready to start that, that, that time of year? Fertilize, fertilize, fertilize. Well, you know what? You know what a very common fertilizer is? Urea. Mayonnaise. Oh. Equally disgusting, right? Uh, Kevin, what's my best remedy when I get to like September or October to keep things looking decent when March rolls around? Aerate. Really? Yes, sir. That seems Aerate. way above my pay grade. Aerate and overseed at that point. God, it, can I aerate? Like, am I smart enough to do that? Oh, absolutely. Okay, all right. I'm going to have to talk to you off air, Kevin. Kevin, if you were given your choice and you could pick any one sports team to win their next championship, who would you pick? Not, not. I'm saying who you would want, not who you're predicting, but if a genie said to you, I, I have the ability to have one team win a championship, you would pick what team? I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals fan. Grew up in Evansville. Okay. Boy, talk about a rough start to the year. Talk about a rough start to the segment. You like you. mayonnaise and the Cardinals. <laughs> Who's more disappointing, the Cardinals, Reds, or the White Sox right now? Uh, White Sox are in the yeah, it's, it's tough. Like Those the are the Cardinals, right. I'll tell you. Well, where are you going to go? Who's uh, your favorite Cardinal of all time, Kevin? 8,800 fans to the Reds last night. Oh, probably Pujols. Okay, that's hard to argue. I got it. Kevin, appreciate well, you calling. Ozzie. I saw Ozzy play many times. I was stunned when I worked in St. Louis and covered the Cardinals, Kevin. Uh, the, the guy that was a fan favorite that I don't know that people outside St. Louis realized was a fan favorite during his tenure was Willie McGee. People still love Willie McGee in yep. St. Louis. Willie McGee and Tommy Hur, yes, sir. He looks like he could use some mayo on the sandwich. Okay, here we go. Question Kevin, number one my, for you, Kevin. Uh, my, my first two sport autographs, Tom Pagnazzi and Ozzie Smith as a six-year-old. That's pretty impressive. 
little one, um, one for two. spring training down there, and I forget exactly where in Florida. All right, Jake, you want to throw one? Uh, question number one: Name one of the two teams currently riding seven-game winning streaks in Major League Baseball. They also, by the way, paired up for the 1979 World Series. Uh, Pirates. Boom. All right, number two, Kevin LeBron had 22 points and 20 rebounds in the Lakers' win over the Grizzlies last night at 38 years of age. He's now the oldest to have a 2020 double-double in NBA playoff history. Whose record did he break? His own? Wilt Wilt Chamberlain? Boy, Kevin, you got some energy here. Uh, Do you know the answer? He said Wilt. Wilt. Okay, question three for you, Kevin. Uh, the other answer to go with the Pirates, which you correctly got on question number one, is the Baltimore Orioles. What is my nickname for the Baltimore Orioles franchise? Oh, uh, happy, happy guys. <laughs> happy Gilmore. <laughs> happy guys, yeah. <laughs> happy days, right? Is it, isn't that what you're going for there? It's actually the same initials as the position that Trying to think of who the greatest ever to play that position was. Ken Griffey Jr. played, for example. CF are the initials. Okay. Anyway, the actual question for number three, it was cute fellow, by the way. The actual question for number three is this, Kevin. In NBA playoff history, who scored the most points in a game in which he collected at least 20 rebounds? Was it LeBron James, the aforementioned Wilt Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, or Akeem the Dream Olajuwon? Oh, Scotty. Let's go with Akeem the Dream. (laughs) That was great. Uh, All right, Kevin, on this day in 1876, of course, the Chicago Cubs played their first game as members of the NL, defeating Louisville 4-0 in the first shutout in NL history. What was the nickname of the Chicago franchise in 1876? A, the Cubs, B, the Orphans, C, the Colts, or D, the White Stockings? White stockings. Nice. Nice. All right, question five. Giants starting pitcher Alex Cobb threw his second career shutout, blanking the cards, your Cardinals, last night 4 nothing. His first oh, shutout came in <laughs> his first shutout came in August of 2012 against the Athletics. The almost 11-year gap between first and second career shutouts is the third longest in Major League history. Who holds the record? And it also is Axel Rose's legitimate name first and last name hmm. Bill Bailey Doc White Carmen Hill or Red Barrett Red Baron Red Barrett is that where you're going with yes sir okay I mean Scotty what in the world on four <laughs> and five like come on I mean kudos to Kevin for getting one of the two right uh, Kevin pretty good I thought it was a very difficult pop quiz uh, congrats on the pair of Grand Prix tickets. Yes, the seven-game win streaks right now in Major League Baseball, the Orioles or the Pirates. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, see, uh, correct, though. Uh, Will Chamberlain was correct for question number that two. That was LeBron's first 2020 game? That was his first 20-rebound game. Wow. Interesting. Really? LeBron's first 20-rebound game in his career. Okay. Uh, number three, this is where he slipped up. Three and five. He got White Stockings correct. Number three, Akeem Olajuwon was the guest there. Who scored the most points in a game, when he, which he collected 20 rebounds? Uh, no, it was Elgin Baylor. Bill Bailey for five. Uh, my, 
Chapman has responded. You don't get to come back tomorrow. You don't even get a lousy copy of our home game. You're a complete loser. So I texted Motman and said, is mayonnaise good for the heart? That's clearly a no. I mean, yeah. Right. His response. I don't need to go to the medical school that Motman went to. to so, tell you that. so are you telling me that I should or should not go with Motman's response? Well, let's hear what it is. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. asking you. Should I, or should I not? I it's, think you should. I think it's it's a nice sacrifice to make. You think I should go with whatever Motman says? No, to do? I think you should go with Mark and I. Mm-hmm. So I should not adhere to Motman's advice. Is no. that what you're saying? Okay. Motman said, uh, "Not good for you, but go for it." Yolo. <laughs> there you go. See, I told you. You guys just said you override him. Like I said, he's a doctor. <laughs> Hell yeah, go with him. Yeah, he's I'm got a big saying. draft pick coming up tomorrow or Thursday night. <laughs> that is, that he is true. He realizes that there's sacrifices in life that you just can't pass up. So. <laughs> okay. I mean, don't you think in a way the warmness of the coffee will uh, disintegrate some of the mayo? Okay, it doesn't matter. It's still there, right? Yeah, it's probably pretty hard to deconstruct mayo. <laughs> All right, we'll do it one... Guys, is it going to rain today? That looks kind of ugly over Riley Towers. not good. Uh, We'll do it one final time here, Kevin. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Corey. Uh, hey, Jake, this is from Dale. Do you like ranch? Uh, negative. Really? Mm-hmm. Now that's blasphemy. I like ranch flavoring, like seasoning. Oh, you know, like man. like cool ranch Doritos. But in terms of a dressing, new negative. Wow, that viscosity and and it's disgusting. So when you get wings, you just like sitting there, with like no no condiments, no sauces, nothing. Sure, I have like barbecue sauce on it. Oh, okay. Um, I I feel like ranch is a, a different consistency than like mayo. To me, is pretty thick. Yeah. Now exp- ranch, you can get it relatively runny. Mm-hmm. Expl- that's even more horrific. Explain this to me. You call this- us communists? Yeah, I, I, I don't follow that okay, one at all. Okay, how about this? Jake, I'm with you halfway on the mayonnaise. I put a thin layer on a sandwich, but if I can taste it, the sandwich is ruined. Well, then... Why would you put it on there, then? Right. Okay, and I am not, by any means, carrying some mayo flag at the mayo bowl <laughs> oh, coming up next there's year. There's no, 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 Kevin. It, but it, it's I like, will consume mayo tomorrow, and I think it's a good first impression. It's like communism. Will. You're not kind of a communist, right? The whole you communism are, seems a tad aggressive. <laughs> well, so does forcing someone to eat what they the, immediately no, will projectile vomit. There will be no forcing. Yeah. You can just sit at the table with the uncool kids. Oh, I think okay. it'll be a good first okay. impression. Uh, or maybe we'll have Will Levis on the show Friday. He's the first pick. Will Levis himself has admitted that the whole thing was blown out of proportion. Yeah, I, I have uh, heard that from him. Didn't he say that like they, he and his girlfriend were, they had made coffee and then she's like, oh my gosh, we're out of the creamer. And he's like, so as a joke, he put mayo in it. Yeah, I, I don't know the full story, but I do think it's a tad overblown.
It's Sam- Mark, have you seen this? Like these draft odds are now pulling them off the board. Pulling Levis off the board? DraftKings has taken down all their props and picks one through five. Interesting. Will Levis on points bet is now ten to one to go number one. What is happening? What, what was he before? Fifty to one. Again, I, I don't I've obviously never, I don't gambling's think... become more and more prevalent, but I don't recall this much unknown. I've never seen this much of a wild swing. Yeah. Like through this. You know why? Season. I, I, I really there's think no, a, there's no solid number one correct. or number two. That's that's well, it. Well, I, I think Bryce Young at one seems to be relatively seems, solid. I, that I would agree. But yeah. I'm saying the other quarterbacks, I, I think it's interchangeable. I'm just telling you. Like, well, I, th- I think the decision makers are different. You know, you got four new head coaches: one, two, three, four. Um, I think of the GM head coaching pair. Thought I saw the first eleven picks. Only two of the eleven are from last year. I mean. I think that's playing a big currently part on, in this. Currently on FanDuel, Levis is plus one seventy five to go number two overall. To go the favorite to go number three overall is Tyree Wilson at the moment. So right now, if you follow Vegas, CJ Stroud would be there at four. Yep. I, I'm gonna Do you ask, think they would take CJ Stroud over Anthony Richardson, no questions asked? I would if I'm the Colts. The Colts, yes, I do believe they would. Um I'm gonna ask a really dumb question to you guys. If you wager on one of the apps or sites or in Vegas on who's going to be the number three pick, is it contingent upon who's selecting? In other words, does the trade get or does the does the wager get void if the no. team trades out? No, it just out? says number four overall yeah, pick, simply number three the overall pick. There's yeah. no association I mean, with team. You know, you're kind of playing with fire there, right? Because it's probably fifty. Is one of the questions? Will Arizona like what franchise? Can you wager on a parlay whether or not Arizona is going to select third? Well, so then you can get position of teams' first-round picks. So you can say, like, what position will the Colts draft with their first-round pick? So you can take quarterback, all that stuff. That seems to be as as deep as it goes as far as that's concerned. We're not at, like, this part of the sports calendar, but coming up in about a month, you know, you start to get into, all right, we're only left with a couple NBA teams, NHL playoffs for those that get into that are done. And I do enjoy watching... A little bit of um, the college baseball. Oh, it's great. And, and how that kind of bleeds into Omaha. I was looking at something yesterday. You know, Indiana State is 10th right now in the college baseball RPI. Yeah, they had a, a re- they had a couple of really impressive wins at the beginning of the year. They beat Vanderbilt last week. Um, I thought I saw they have the hardest schedule in the nation. It's kind of wild to Think of like a mid-major, and I know Indiana State's conference is usually pretty and they've good had, at baseball, and, they, and they've made the tournament you know, a few times here lately. Uh, Indiana also really up there this year. I think I saw they were 13th. Uh, I think Notre I, Dame, of course, made it to Omaha last year. I believe that you and I have talked about this before, Kevin. As a matter of fact, I'm sure we did last year when it was going on. Uh the College World Series in Omaha, it, that would be a super fun thing to go with. Like, it's a bucket list item for me. It, it'd be great. Um, additionally... On television, I think the college world's the softball world series is vastly underrated to watch. Yeah, it's great pace to it. It, it is, man. I mean, in like, I don't know, the diamonds are just it's small. The, the I mean, those girls wallop the ball and like the shortstop, second base. I mean, the, the field looks so much smaller. And there was the girl last year for Oklahoma that hit, uh, and I don't know if, if there's a record or not, 191 home runs she hit during the softball world series and i'm like why are they pitching to her 
She literally at one point hit like five straight home runs at bats. I'm like, Whoa. didn't they lose? Wasn't that like a huge upset? I think they won, didn't they? Maybe they lost just one game. That uh, my wife, um, my wife and I actually almost went to a high school softball game last night. One of her former volleyball players plays softball, and there's part of me I was like, you know what? I've always heard that, and obviously watching it. The pace of the game is great. Plus, they have the great cheers. Remember the cemetery yeah, cheer, yeah. cheer that I did? Now, how'd, how'd that go, go again? Ahead. Welcome to your cemetery. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. This is where you will be buried. Boom, boom. Boom, boom. That They're they're chanting that in the in the crowd. or I mean, in the, uh, in in the, the field. In the dugout as the opposing player comes up to bat. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's incredibly intimidating stuff there, boy. That's we be... played at Jake's Shrine at some point. This is where you will be buried. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. I don't remember what it is that you're supposed to have written on my tombstone now. I don't know. It was like 48 words. I don't remember. Well, it's quite the business card. Size 8 font is what Mark yeah. decided. Uh, clean sweep. Is that what we decided on, Jake? You kind of did a one yeah, there. Whole, Celtics, Nuggets, no, and Suns tonight? They all, they all close out tonight, yep. Mm-hmm. Get no Kawhi Leonard in that final game uh, tomorrow night. That's where we. I think we have four games coming up tomorrow night. Uh, we'll get that series started back up with Sacramento and Golden State. That is two two. De'Aaron Fox out. Uh, we'll also see if Cleveland can stay alive at home. They're down three one right now to the Knicks. And then uh, we'll get Lakers Grizzlies game five. Heat Bucks game five. Both of those games, obviously, we saw last night. Uh, thank you to Ross Tucker. Thank you to James Boyd. Tomorrow, Charles Davis, Mark? Yep. From NFL Network. He's going to join us. Always enjoy chatting with him. Everybody have mail. a great Tuesday. And the mail. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.